Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. I guess it feels like Groundhog's Day up in here as the countdown hit twice. Tony, self-producing the show. Cody, Lashney is not here tonight. Turns out, you'll find out, he did not want us to tell you. He's at the ballet. Flew there tonight for a reason we'll disclose later. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. Tonight's show is a fun one. I see a red jersey and I want it, want it painted black. Wait, maybe I should do that better. I see a red jersey and I want it painted black. Oh, we're not. This is not the Rolling Stones. The Carolina Panthers have changed their practice jersey when it comes to uh, the quarterback position. I wonder if it'll stick when they start hitting. But right now, they painted it black like the Rolling Stones wanted to paint that door. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about what the heck Steve Smith was saying. Holy cow. Man, what could he have been saying? We've got rumors. We've got Brian Burns potentially dating Taylor, Taylor Swift. I'm not investigating it. I just want to believe it's true. I don't care if it's not, and I don't care if I'm spreading disinformation. We'll be talking about Brashard, Brashard Breland. Remember him? Oh, my gosh. His foot fell off, and he was going to be the savior of the Carolina Panthers secondary. His foot fell off, and we got Don Terry Poe and Old real quick in 2018, I believe. I think they'll go that, that far back. And we're going to be looking into holes. Your Holes on this roster. The number's 252-228-5098. We want to get your take on the Carolina Panthers. Tell us what you want to talk about it. It's the people's voice. And guess who else were here? The people got to speak. CK, man, they love to hear you speak. Uh, you know, listen, it's been uh, it's been a long week of absolutely nothing happening for the Carolina Panthers, but i um, happy to be here um, talking about it with you guys and uh, Tony. I'll tell you what, there's so many things that could have been taken as like different uh different things with that you just said there. Um, <laughs> oh no, what did I say? Let's look into something. <laughs> yeah, say, we're looking the holes. Yeah, we're gonna look I into the holes. And it was it was really it just wasn't this was a, a very interesting start to the podcast tonight. Hey, hey, so, I'm missing my wheel here, man. I'm missing my wheel man and I feel lonely. <laughs> I feel lonely. Um, you know, it makes it so much easier for me to just get my chi together, have Cody push the live button and come in. But, hey, um, nobody's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect, but the C3 Panthers podcast is perfect on Tuesday night, CK. I uh, hope the baby is well. Uh, baby's good, man. Baby is good. We can't uh, can't complain. She's not sleeping fantastic, but uh, we're going to get through it, you know? You will. You will. Greg, the bat daddy, the stat daddy, the man of many talents, the man of many hobbies. He's the only guy that my man like uh, makes me go, man, I'm glad I didn't do that extra hobby because I take up <laughs> one too many things. Greg takes up like 12 too many things. Yeah. Well, my, my problem is, is like uh, you can always, if you find the skill to do it, 
um, save money and have a better time creating things yourself, no matter what you're doing as far as building, as far as homework around your house, constructing stuff with a 3D printer. And once you learn how to do that, things become so much cheaper and you can have so many better things. And I'm kind of like that. I love to learn how to do something. And then I kind of get bored with them. I'm like, okay, I got this skill. Let's go do something else. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's a great hobby. I've gotten past the, uh, past the hammer last week. So I'm really I know. Really now you're making progress. what lightsaber stands or something. Glove no, I'm in the, oh. I'm in the huh? like uh wristband. Cuff yeah. Or? Gauntlets, arm gauntlets. Yeah. I'm in the process of making uh, a Xena? costume. <laughs> Wasn't it Xena, the warrior princess that had oh, those? Man, so many of them have me. Yeah. Xena did, I think so, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's fun. I'm having a good time with that. I moved the printer into the other room. So the wife doesn't have to kill me now for uh, being beside her all the time. Cause it runs all the time. Oh man, you do that. Oh gosh. Yeah. My wife would murder me. If I like, I used to do this podcast, like in the bedroom or uh, like, I mean, you know, you would set, I would hang, uh, this is actually, if you go back and look at some of the old, <laughs> shit, I used to yeah. just nail, I just tacked a Carolina Panthers blanket on the wall behind me and I would carry my, um, all in one computer into the room and set it up temporarily for the night because we had kids in a very small house and you got to yeah. try to find the one little nook that was quiet. Mm -hmm. um, um, but Hey, I'm the same way except for Greg is that you learned this is time is expensive and you probably spent like 9 million hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I find in my older age that everything I'm doing is time. Like I'm playing games like no man's sky and like I'm playing mobile games that are like real time games. I'm doing these yeah, things take four days to print like everything i do is like time consuming but you don't have to pay attention the whole time it's just it's going to take this long to do it so you've got to wait ck as a gamer mm -hmm. as someone who does love video games i mean you are a true game lover is it changed at all for like the one thing that is different for me is like i could play a video game for four hours when i was 11 and now if I play for like 30 minutes, I'm like, shit, should have been working on the podcast. Should have like the time to play and even learn the game yeah. sounds like it's like the idea of like, is by, by the 45 minutes, it takes me to learn the game feel of it. I'm like, man, I'm so tired of this shit. I go. <laughs> well, yeah. and it's, it's, I have, um, I don't know. There's, there's a certain reward to video games that, uh, that it's hard to get anywhere else. Right. Um, like the idea of doing the podcast and working on that certainly is going to have a reward basis to it, but it usually isn't going to be as immediate or impactful, like a, a, a immediate or as big of an impact as like, you know, spending an hour on a video game, because typically you're making some progress in that video game and, and, you know, in real life things like creating a podcast and, and trying to grow that, um, that's going to take time and there is no shortcutting that. So no dopamine hit right. on that one. Right. All right, uh, Cody Lashney is not here tonight, so we got to do the best to honor him as he's at the ballet. Cody Lashney, he's the man of the people. Actually, I'll say that. He's the people's champ. No. Yeah. He has a damn army that. behind him, right. and he loves to shout out Carolina Panther fans, so I'm going to go ahead and give them their due. Everybody loves to hear it. Steven Veach, the Cardiac Cat 13, Lawrence Trevette, C3 D's ill skills, D's ill skills brand ambassador, Anthony Piccarello, keep pounding, Justin D Young, Rockhead 81, my bastard son, white chocolate espresso, Tim Estes Supreme, Lita, Panther Pickle, 
the old angry man on the podcast. You know, Panther Pickle reminds me of this old man once that told me, he said, I was wrong once. I said, what? You were only wrong once? He said, yeah, <laughs> thinking I was wrong. Panther Pickle in the house. Man, welcome you guys. Matt M. J. F. Civic X. 704 keep pounding thank you guys for being a part of the c3 panthers podcast the number is 252-228-5098 smash the thumbs up button be a part of the show let's go ahead and get into tonight's episode i see a red jersey and i want it painted black the carolina panthers have announced or i guess they're in otas and it looks like they have switched the quarterback jersey quarterback oh my gosh my voice broke quarterback jersey to black so this is the non-hit jersey but don't worry they're not hitting at all it more it looks and and is in line with the color scheme this is where we're at in the preseason this is where we're at in the football season we start the show with saying this is bryce young's wearing a black jersey you know uh was it controversial i kind of wanted to uh, name the show. Hold on. How was I going to write it? Um, Panthers make black quarterback jersey. Like, so I was going to, you know, because people oh, aren't going to read the whole thing. So you say, if you said <laughs> black quarterback jersey, right. and they're like, what? But they're like, Panthers are all in on black quarterback jersey. <laughs> um, that's it. That was the joke. I- I mean, it seemed – I don't see a point. Like, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. They say that it goes – is it because it goes better with the color scheme? Because it doesn't yeah. look better. It definitely looks better. I'll agree with well, that. the red jersey is meant, Greg, to say, don't hit me. Right? Yeah, That's it's meant to be easily identified. It's supposed to contrast. Nobody's got pads on, so right. yeah. no one's getting hit, period. True. So what they're saying is this is, why are we making these three guys look like dorks over here? Screw the Falcons in the red. Let's get them in black and make these black quarterbacks cool. Right. Yeah, I think I, quarterback I, jersey. I mean, I think uh, I think at this point, um, it's just a matter of we can't be making Bryce Young look like he's an Atlanta Falcon. So uh, you think black? Oh well, black is slimming, isn't it? CK black is slimming. <clears throat> you know, it maybe yeah. white make them look bigger. Yeah, well, maybe they also the other part of this could be. And this is just me blowing smoke. Um, we saw how the internet reacted to seeing Bryce Young uh, with those linemen, but now it'll be a lot harder to spot him if he's not got a, a, a different jersey than everybody else. Now, I don't know if that's the case. It looks like there's some blue behind him, so don't know if that's accurate or not, but that could be the case here. Do you think they were tired of the elf on the shelf jokes? Um, <laughs> I think that I think people that aren't Bryce Young are irritated by it. I think Bryce Young has gotten it so long that it's just irrelevant to him. <laughs> Look at Panther Pickle. He's so crazy. <laughs> man, that's crazy. He's a crazy old man. This is my mom. Shut and up. This is my dad. <laughs> this is me. Uh, my life is crazy. Yeah. So I guess that's pretty cool to talk about. Uh, tell us if that matters. I'm interested to see if they do this in training camp. I don't think when they start putting pads on that they'll do this. I think they'll put them back in red like you know, no questions. Like 1000% unless you made everybody else in blue and white, but you don't want to put nobody in black in Spartanburg. That's going to be hot there. Oh, also if anybody knows muscle marinara muscles, marinara's, um, I can't remember his name of his sub shop. Yeah. 
Yeah, we need to know his sandwich shop because mm-hmm. I got some cool ideas. I want to give him some free advertisement on uh, our Spartanburg prep as we continue to prep for that time. I've got some ideas of how we can use him as free advertisement then to court paid advertisement later. So uh, anybody, you guys, the Army, go ahead and find out uh, what that sub shop name is. I wanted to bring this up real quick, and we're not going to do it right now. This is for later in the show. Okay. But uh, the number's 252-228-5098. I stole this picture. I'm sure somebody's going to be like, where's the at attribution? I think it was Mike K or somebody like this. But I'm not using it to report, so I'm straight thieving this. But I'm I'm thieving this for my own reasons. I want us to tell the story that Steve Smith is telling these guys right now. Kind of the wrong answers tweet you see on the internet. It's like when they put the picture up and they're like, wrong answers only. But I don't, we can't say wrong answers only because they're all wrong. We don't know what the answer is. So we want to call in to the show at 252-228-5098 and uh, tell us what Steve Smith was telling the guys at this moment. Matt Corral cracked up in the background was he saying did you hear that brian burns could be dating taylor swift (laughs) i saw this tweet today it says now and i did not track anything after this because i was like this is exactly what i needed today i text my son my son does not care about anything that i care about nothing like it's like uh so he is the least interested in the Carolina Panthers that you could be interested in. He doesn't even love my ECU Pirates. They're his second favorite team. He likes the Georgia Bulldogs like his grandparents do. But he loves some Taylor Swift. <laughs> I sent him a message and I said, How's it feel to have your girlfriend stolen by Brian Burns? And then I didn't, uh, and he actually talk, talked to me today about it. And then he thought <laughs> I was dumb. He also thought, Dad, this is the stupidest shit you've ever talked to me about. Obi, the Panthers fan in Texas, says NFL All-Star, un- unnamed, but puts a picture with of Brian Burns up, and newly single Grammy Award winner Taylor Swift are now reportedly dating. <laughs> Was Steve Smith saying, holy shit, did you hear that Brian Burns is dating Taylor Swift? Could he have been saying that? (laughs) Or was he saying, holy shit, did you hear that you could fast for 40 days on just water? Today, I learned that Russell Okung, who we know has been shedding weight like crazy, he's on this crazy spiritual journey at this point. Not crazy, I shouldn't say crazy. He's on a spiritual journey. This mug went on a 40-day fast of water only. Wow. I didn't know you could survive 40 days without eating. I mean, I know you can you can do it with just liquids. I know you can do a beer fast because beer has stuff in it. He only had water for I've never heard of water. Days. That's crazy. He's still alive. Somebody mm-hmm. said today. All right, so I said that in the creator chat, CK. Yeah. I was I said I didn't know you could live this long yeah and the guy goes oh yeah my dad did this like two or three times growing up i was like what the fuck how how in the world is this the one place i go oh this he's like yeah yeah my dad did this i know the circumstances are different but when i see naked and afraid 
or like alone and <laughs> see what these guys look like after like 20 days true eating something not like, even like eating slugs right they're eating stuff like they're not even not eating they're actually eating things but they're also putting a lot of like burning a lot of calories trying to build stuff and go out there so it's a little bit different but that part of me that that's the first thing i jump to is i see how much money i mean how much weight these people lose not eating uh barely anything but not just you know still eating something to survive and i just don't i cannot fathom it like he this looks like he's still got mu- the, this the problem weight loss journey though ck when you do something like this it's like uh but is that is you're like trying to be like uh patrick swayze in point break or but here's my m- here's my concern right um this is i'm not saying concern i'm not saying he's lying but the 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 what we see on the right looks like he's still got plenty of muscle mass right 40 days of not eat or 60 days or however long it was 40 days of not eating would have eaten a lot of your muscle mass as well mm-hmm. it feels like this and I don't picture think is not after the fast this was actually just after his weight loss journey before the fast. right right so i'd be interested to see what he looked like after because it's no shot in the world that he's going to have any type of muscle mass. After you know what that. we can do is uh, there is a tweet out there. Let me find it. Well, um, of him talking about this, you know, Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, the real Buddha. Um, in his journey, right? So he leaves the palace and then he goes and sees suffering. Mm-hmm. He's the sick person, the dead, per- the old person, the dead person. And he leaves his princely life and goes, and he becomes an aesthetic originally before he, what he then develops is Buddhism, which is the middle way, which is about balance. But he learned in sense what he kind of learned the middle way or Nirvana achieved it was by having the most in riches and then having nothing. Cause he went on this journey where he denied himself. Like he drank his own pee he his uh at one point he lived on a grain one single grain of rice a day and stood for hours on one foot and slept on a bed of nails and meditated intensely like he and then he realized wait that's overkill like i went too far on this wait, a little bit overkill. just a little <laughs> then bit he finds the middle path but this is like when you do this you're not trying to lose weight you're on no. a you're on a psychological test right. quest quest. So. Mm-hmm. so that's pretty wild. I mean, again, Steve Smith is like, I mean, imagine what's geez. <laughs> that's how I look today when I was like 40 days with no food. I thought you could go three days with no water in like two weeks without any food. Did not realize. Yeah. Do you think Brian Burns is dating Taylor Swift? I have no idea. I brought, yeah. I, I've heard that it's Aaron Rodgers is to be what I've. There's been rumors about that, but um, I, that seems a bit. I, I wouldn't say far fetched because, like, he is a, a getting. He's pretty old, but Taylor Swift technically is probably close to thirty, if not thirty already. So uh, it's possible that it could I mean, be Brian just, Burns. But same. oh yeah, man, she's a little. Somebody said that they he was at the draft or he got drafted when the draft was in Nashville. Dude, and uh, that's how they met. That's what I saw one person say. Here yeah. is uh, Russell Okung actually talking about. I think he is talking about the fast here. You guys hear this? I was going yeah. through a transition. I committed my life 30 years to a craft, honing it, 
shaping it, attempting to be the Don't best. Mm-hmm. Accolades, I want it at all. That would soon find out. It was all empty. Very Buddha. Didn't matter. It was nothing. I didn't have a relationship with my wife, my children. I didn't even know who I was. So I prayed, asked for guidance, and it came to me. I knew at that very moment there was one answer, fasting, long-term, water-only fasting. Maybe this is a pick. 40 days, no food, only water. And now it's time to do it again. There's more. I know there's more. There's more for the society, for the world, for our families. Everything can be different. He started in a cult, dude. That's what I was about to say. This sounds very um, concerning with regards to him doing it again. Like he's yeah. got nothing less but left to be able to do this with. Well, what, what's the end game? Like whenever you're he, like, he goes into this with like almost a religious aspect, which is fine. I understand people have an awakening. People have, have things, but like the answer to what you're saying is fasting. Okay. For how long? Um, mental discipline, I think. Okay. I think another thing, which is, and look, there's probably, there's real, my mom's super Catholic and there's a lot of like different groups of Catholic monks and priests and things that do some hardcore denial stuff. But in like, uh, there's also ones who didn't. Oh, jank. Um, the idea though, is that like going without takes like a mental and psychological yeah. and spiritual commitment. Mm-hmm. And it true, and then it comes, and then you, in in that process too, you learn how blessed you are, right? Like that's when you start to yeah. appreciate food. Like the, you know, what I'm saying is like when you eat at a buffet, and it becomes gluttonous America at Golden Corral. You don't real like you're not in tune with what sustenance is what the purpose of food and life and you're undisciplined and man, you know, is that discipline does bring you, I mean, all of the super spiritual people, whether it was Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, and who's the last one, Confucius, maybe I'm looking for, who was more of a philosopher. They were all interested in behavior, right? They weren't really telling you what to believe. They told you what to do. And a lot of it was not about excess, right? And the American capital, you know, I mean, it sounds hippie, but I tell you this, I got a plan, guys. I got a plan. Russell Okung, we got to first join him in his cult. Mm. And we got to pump it up right around the time that Aaron Rodgers comes and does these joint practices, plant the seed for Aaron Rodgers. And then around the time, we don't we play the Jets in like week 14, 15? No, I don't think we play the Jets. Uh, other than preseason. In preseason we do, but I don't think we have a... I, I mean, We don't play the AFC East? No, we don't play Buffalo. We play Miami. 
Yeah, I think Miami right. might be just one of the uh, random. Uh, are the Jets? I know somebody pull up the schedule and look for that. Okay. Well, I was going to say if we got them on the schedule, then we could around that time somehow get Aaron Rodgers to go on his spiritual quest of fasting. And I don't think he'd be able to do that mid season, though. Have no energy for the game with the Carolina. Oh, you're, oh, I see what you're trying to do. We need to sabotage him. We want to get him first. We already got him trying to go and party and live the college life at Wofford, Shit. which for some reason I don't feel like Wofford is a college party town. I mean, Spartanburg, but college party college, should I say? Right. It doesn't look like we play the Jets this year. Okay. Preseason. All right. The the Lions are the one that we played twice, which I thought was odd. I don't think I've ever. I don't remember the last time I saw us play the Lions in preseason and or anybody in preseason and in the regular season. So that's going to be an interesting thing we can maybe have a conversation about. You know, the thing that irrit not irritates me is you know we all and I guess I'm a low hanging fruit joke guy on the internet too. I'll go after the easy. But one of the things that people love to say is anytime Okung is doing anything, they're like, all that money he lost with Bitcoin. And like, so the first thing I saw was somebody say, oh, he's fasting because of all that money he lost in Bitcoin. He took um, his one year salary with the Carolina Panthers, $13 million, and he got paid in Bitcoin at the time. The Bitcoin then ran to $64,000 at one point. He might have sold it then. Could have. Yeah. Uh, could have taken some off the table. But I calculated this at the time. I think I read a story on it for CarolinaCatChronicles.com. And that was that Okun bought it. He got paid when it was worth $24,000 a Bitcoin. So people want to talk about Bitcoin tanking. He's technically still up, even if he yeah. just left it in there. I said 25 right now. There's no way at 64K he didn't take some off the table. You know, he was that that year, it ran that year that he got paid. Like it went kind of nutso. Right. And uh, he was the highest paid player in the NFL. Yeah. If you counted what Bitcoin was worth. I saw somebody today, we were talking in the creator chat, CK, they uh, said Dogecoin got to 70 cents. Yeah. Uh, Aren't you, Greg? It did, man. Dogecoin was actually the first crypto that I got into, and I bought it when it was just, just the tiniest little amount, and I had like 30,000 shares, right? And I yeah, like just got I just got tired of holding it. Yeah, it was so cheap. Just got tired of holding it, and I sold it two days before it exploded. Before Elon Musk flipped the market, yeah, two days before it exploded. Well, it's crushed. So, it's, cru it's crushed now. I got up there. It's at yeah, six cents or yeah, it's crushed right now. now. But I, I would have sold then easily, you know. How did but, uh, CK? How did Elon Musk get away with that shit? I mean, it's no. I, I don't think he. He doesn't do anything. Did, yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, how's it any different than anybody else doing that? You know, I don't yeah, think it's that, not regulated. I guess. I mean, he came out and said, "Hey, Tesla is going to take this shit." I mean, he, they might have. I mean, they did end up in doing that. It's not as though anything changed there. Um, I, it, it'd be more concerning if he owned Dogecoin and he was doing this. He did. 
but no, what I mean by that is own the actual entirety of the right. Right. He was like, he might, he might've invested in it, but that, you know, it's, it's no different. uh, Quite honestly, it's no different than what Trump did. And we don't, we don't know that he actually invested in anything, but odds are, you know, he would tweet and you would see markets crash. And then the next day he would tweet again and it would come right back up. And it was just like, there's no way somebody's not taking advantage of it. We've seen the politicians do it for years. So no, I don't think Elon Musk did anything wrong. Yeah, I agree. I uh, heard that Elon. I heard David Tepper was buying the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and get in on the ground level of that by smacking <laughs> the thumbs up button, hitting the subscribe, hit that little <laughs> bell notification, call in at 252-228-5098. Can even consider being a C3 super fan. Small support goes a long way of the show. A dollar ninety nine a month through YouTube gets us about sixty percent of that. Don't worry. So you really guess giving YouTube uh 40 cents or so or more than that but you can find some ways to donate in the show notes um but the way that you can continue to support the show is with your time with your energy with your brains and your interest share it with a friend i saw this guys 2023 nfl all breakout team defense bucky brooks scout i like bucky brooks a lot he's one of these analysts former Played at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, and so he played in the league too. Super smart guy. It's one of those guys that they always talk about, like this analyst can become a GM, or at least they used to. His name was floating around in those circles. Maybe maybe that guy who used to cover the NFL draft that went and became Las Vegas GM screwed it up for these types of guys. That white guy, uh, who was he? He's the one that drafted Elon oh, Ferrell or whatever. Mayock. 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 Yeah, Mike Mayock. Mayock. Mike Mayock. Maybe he ruined it for people like Bucky Brooks. But uh, Bucky Brooks, I always like his, uh, I like a lot of his takes. He said this as he talked about players that he thinks that on the defensive side that could break out and make some noise. He listed two Carolina Panthers and J.C. Horn, Derek Brown, Derek Brown, I've been a. I hate every time I say this because I'm like, oh, I've been saying this, I've been saying this, because then it feels like I'm like trying to convince you guys that my opinions matter. I was never down on Derek Brown, though. Like, even, I mean, a lot of people found it easy to dump on him when Matt Rule threw him under the bus. Right. Didn't start him that game. And they were like, well, he's a great player, but he needs to learn how to practice and take his notes better or whatever the hell he was saying. Derek Brown has played in every game since he was drafted. He plays a position that is unsexy. And he's a guy that was bigger than Russell. O- he's bigger than Russell O'Kung was. Mm. It's not a sexy look. But it's an important position on the team. He's been an important addition to the team. The team has only gotten better since we drafted Derek Brown. In fact, I would argue that Derek Brown has probably made a bigger, not probably, has made a bigger difference to this team than J.C. Horn as at any point, but JC Horn has been a very good player for this defense when he's been available. He said today, I can't help bro- bone breaks. Um, Bucky Brooks interested in this defense. JC Horn, Derek Brown. What do you guys are you guys? How do you feel about JC Horn and Derek Brown? You guys pick your poison who you want to talk about. I mean, I'm happy with talking about JC Horn. I mean, it's been um, a question of uh, availability, and and I know that's the 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 problem. Um, he's 
he played just a what three or four games his rookie season and then he he was it wasn't even that he got he got hurt a few multiple times last year um as well so i mean that injury plague aspect to his career is a real conversation that we have bad luck i mean it might be bad luck but i mean how many players have that same bad luck and we we call them injury prone too he right. had, I mean, he got his injury in that Houston game. Do you remember on that turf mm-hmm. non-contact? Yeah. There was a couple of people that got hurt in that game. Right. That um, was a game I really think that I did we I think we won that game actually. We started 3 and 0 with Sam Darnold and then we lost on the road next right. to um Dallas. Oh, I remember I took so much heat on the podcast because I came out and said we didn't deserve to win the game. We didn't play well, and somehow we pulled it out at the end, and people were mad, and I was like, this is suspect, and then we went and got blown out in Dallas. But that he had that foot break. But then last year, CK, he got a friendly fire injury or something. Mm. There were a couple. Yeah. I mean, this guy's some It was his wrist, I think, this time, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I know that it stinks because, like, this shit is half happenstance. Right. You know, it's like you can get in a car accident and be a good driver. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like is these and that's what I think he's saying. And I don't know how to say someone is, is injury prone truly a fair term? Is it loaded? It's never fair. Right. I don't think it's ever fair. I don't think that I think if somebody somebody might just have really bad luck. And that in a, it by itself is not a fair situation, but right. by the other yeah, piece, sure. there, there is a part of this that comes into play where you have to start talking about the impact that that's going to have to their ability to play well. Right. It's not even that they're just going to, they're easily going to be injured necessarily, but you know, there's, there's sometimes, I mean, you talk about what happened with Thomas Davis. I mean, the fact that he got another opportunity is a, is an outlier. It's not something that happens often. Mm-hmm. So he got an opportunity when when he shouldn't normally say get an opportunity. Um, so I mean, to me, I don't think that there's um, anything necessarily wrong with saying injury prone, but I do understand your point is to say that it's not it's not a fair thing to just say that somebody's injury prone because of you just you know, bad luck. I think I right, think right. you're right. Is this is you're not injury prone as much as just bad luck as that we're hitting. Somebody, I think white chocolate, I think Kev said in the chat, Greg, he said uh, bone bone breaks are different than ligaments. So trying to find a silver lining in this, I'll tell you one thing is I accidentally and with terribly bad luck broke my thumb a few years ago no. in 2020. Um, and I had to get surgery, I had to get screws put in they put five i mean just your first of all your thumb turns out to be a motherfucking important digit on your yeah right um they did a great job with all the surgery is incredible the all of that and i healed pretty well but my shit still is not the same yeah sorry it never will be the same like i mean it's i think tommy john surgery is the only way people are improved right now or fake tits Only surgeries. What other surgeries improve you? Kidney transplant. Just for the sake of it? Is it? You mean just for the sake of it? Uh, I don't know. Like where you get a surgery where it's like you come out actually better. 
I, feel, I don't think the there's... time is like if you have a knee surgery or back surgery, it might help move a tumor. It might help your problem, but you're never better than when you are actually healthy. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. I mean, until uh, you start well, doing, uh, until you start doing the augmented, uh, uh, you know, cr- including technology into your body, there's not really a surgery that's going to make you better uh, like than you were prior. You. Well, right. fake tits, fake tits will enhance you. No, I'm just. Have just, you ever touched just in the eye of the beholder, though? Not necessarily. No. You don't. You're not necessarily you physically healthier when you, get, when you get you you remove. And I could be wrong, but you also impact the ability to do the things that you were yeah. naturally supposed to be created for, which is breastfeeding. So that's a fair yeah, point. But what if you don't want to have babies no more? And half the people don't want to breastfeed anyway after a month. Yeah. Well, a- I'll, there's some uh, there's some information that I would uh, recommend people look up saying. That if you breastfeed for the first twelve months of at least the first twelve months, your your children are thirty seven more likely to have high test scores and twenty five percent less likely yeah. to fail English. <laughs> I hope that is corollary, but hey, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's 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 a there's a debate on whether that's causation or correlation. I'm, I'm sure it does have something to do. It does affect sense. I guess you know what? Who does it improve it for? Right? Is it might improve it for the partner not mm. the person the sensation who knows i've never even touched one i don't know i've never <laughs> i do it's on my bucket list somebody put in here why did we get our tonsils taken out back in the day i actually you know what i found thank you for helping me with my own logic i had sinus surgery like for sinu chronic sinusitis when i got health insurance like when i got a job and got health insurance i finally started like go to the dentist and fucking take preventative care shit. And I got my shit roto rootered. It helped mm. my life. It did. Yeah. It improved the quality of my life. I was like, wait a second. I'm supposed to be able to breathe like this. Never yeah. knew that. 29 years into my life, 30 years into my life. Didn't know that y'all smelled like shit. <laughs> wait. Uh, y- y'all took the we talked about JC Horn with this, but I do want to talk about Derek Brown too because while I think JC Horn, I agree, is poised for a breakout as long as he doesn't get injured, y'all, Derek Brown is looking good. Like, I'm looking at his stats, dudes hasn't missed a game. I told him he's he started every game except for one since he's played. He's gone up in combo sacks, solo tackles, assists, tackles for losses, quarterback hits every season. He goes up and increases interceptions every single stat. Yeah, uh, I think this this might be a breakout year for him. I don't know why people have been hard on him. To be honest, like is I it's guess not flashy. He's well, not it's flashy because position. he's a tackle. I mean, yeah, here's the thing: is people that people are hard are, on him and CK are supposed to know football. Half the time, these people are the guys that supposedly know all this shit, and they're like, well, the the problem is, is that they see defensive tackle and they look across the board and they look at defensive tackles and then they start to compare. Well, the problem is you can't compare Derek Brown to Aaron Donald. I'm sorry. Right. You cannot do that. Right. They are two different people, two different complete playing styles. Aaron Donald is not going to be. Positions too, honestly. But, right. But Aaron, look at how dominant Aaron Donald can be if you can have a guy that's good at that position. Sorry to interrupt you. Ahead, no, no, I'm just, I agree. I think that there's so many things that go into this. I think Brown, uh, the fact that he got his fifth year option picked up should speak volumes to the fact that Chase Young didn't get his, his, uh, fifth year option picked up like let's be real about some things Derek brown is a dog and he deserves to have the uh the the, the contract hopefully that's going to be negotiated here soon it's not the sexy of the two um 
positions when we say the interior tackles you got the usually they like to put a big boy like the star right. mm-hmm. but uh here's some trivia for you who posted more sacks than any other interior lineman in panthers history 32 and a half mm. so it would it be a it's a d tackle a disruptive mm. sack monster anybody anybody bueller what? Mm. Defensive tackle, more like Aaron Donald, less like, uh, in fact, here's your hint, less like Star, more like. Uh, not Star. Who's the other guy that drafted with him? Um, I K-1 love. Short. K-1 yeah. Short, yeah. K-1. I want to get him on the podcast. Uh, Sideshow Rob had a good guest, Chris Jenkins. You know what? Is He was arguably the best defensive tackle in Panther history. The problem, not the problem. He went on and had a very, very good career too with the Jets. Um, so if he would have continued to play, you know, K1 was great, but his moment was shorter than I wanted it to be. You know, is like no he really balled out from 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. and was pretty good in the 16. But I like after 2016, disappear room and well, i think, I think that people- speaks to the exact thing we're talking about yeah. is that it, the reason that Derek brown doesn't look like he's doing anything better is because he's not had that running guy the guy to run beside him that's going to be able to take the attention off of him on the interior um i oh, think that- clearly clearly he yeah. doesn't he didn't have his k he didn't have his star latoot well he didn't have his K1 short, actually. Mm-hmm. He didn't have his K1 short. He didn't have really. He's had nobody at tackle. I mean, name uh, the the. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you can name the tackles, but I mean, tell me uh, who's, well, who's even. Tell me who would be a starter on any other team on our uh, that started. You know, at tackle beside him. Fair no, point. nobody would be a starter. Can you name one? I got one in my head, and he's just a fan favorite rather than good. Morgan Fox. No, I think he plays more D. I think he can play both. I would call him a defensive end. Okay. The McCall guy. McCall, mm, McCall. He's yeah. big. <laughs> he kind of looks like uh he reminds me of Vince Wilfork a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, like I agree. Uh, I think that that's more just uh fan favorite than really producing at a high level. Yeah, um, like because we've had guys like we always have been trying to find this six round dude or fourth, you know, we've had never really invested that. Yeah, like, I mean, who is it? We've got a couple of them that they have one, like, kind of good season their rookie year. They've been a six-round pick. I mean, I would say this is probably the first year that they've invested at a pretty, you know, I mean, I know Shy Tuttle isn't like a, a needle mover, but he was at least a starter on another team. Um, Morgan Fox, I think, was technically a tackle, though, um, in our defense. I could be wrong. I feel like I remember him being a tackle. Um, who was it that they got last year? He's still on the team, I think, right? Um, there's a tackle. We've every year we get a rookie that's in the six. We got one from Baylor one right. one time. Um, Matt Ioannidis, uh, that's the other one. Yeah, that was thinking about from last year. Uh, that's still more. I feel like both of these, are, both of those, kind of are like they might be able to play some tackle, right. but are more kind of. Hold on, uh, defensive tackle. Hold on, and there's a couple of guys. Help me out. They are six round picks. Like we used to have. Hold on, I get you. I'll get you right here. Uh, hold on. 
Nose tackle. No. Do we not have them anymore? Who is it? Help me out. Six round. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply pick from Baylor uh, right now our nose tackles are shy total Marquan McCall Joe Penasini don't know him Bravion Roy that's who it is mm, yep Bravion Roy was uh, kind of somebody that I mean and uh, this is the guy that I hate I mean I liked him but we always try to find these discount players there yeah they, they just haven't worked out yet and the other part of this is we might be able to it, we might be able to uh, attest that to the fact that even though Phil Snow, you know, on paper looked like he was running a really good defense, still was running such a uh, it was so volatile. It wouldn't there was no consistency on our defense. One week we would be run stuffing and doing an incredible job there, and then the next week we'd let the them set franchise records on us running the ball. It felt fugazi at times. Um, yeah, it's, so I mean, I think it felt like a blind, you know, what is it, a blind clock or no blind horse broke, finds water is sometimes or something like that. Anyway. All the pieces are there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, so, can can I ask real quick, Coney? Because that actually brings up a good question for me with the comment you just made a moment ago about like uh, a, a player that you're just uh, how did you, how did you put it? Um, a, th- a throwaway pick, like you don't expect to have a starter whenever you like what positions on the field. Do you feel like you could just waste 
on a guy you don't ever expect to start? Like, are there I certain ones you can't do that with? Kind of ones. No, I think you try to find some big fat boys. I think they're good ones to do. Okay. Like guards are good. I mean, uh, like, like if you're looking for a diamond in the rough. In the back end, like you can't get super skill. It's really hard, I think, to nail the super skill positions like right. um like a corner or a wide receiver. You can get a backup quarterback late. Yeah. Well, Might I mean, be able to get a running like back in fourth, fifth, or sixth. But that's Brady. where I don't like yeah. having a ton of picks. Is like, is having three fifth round picks even good? No. But here's the way I look at it is I think that you can invest a kind of throwaway player into any position on the team. It's just that when I draft this guy in the sixth round, if he ends up being a diamond in the rough, awesome. But I'm not pacing my future on him doing that. Sure. And I think that's where it kind of goes. I think you base one, two, maybe even round three on guys who are going to be a start. One and two, definitely guys who are going to be starters and play for this team. Everybody else you're just kind of throwing the dice at. You know, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I feel like for me, that's positionless as far as what you would waste a pick like that on. And it's not wasting a pick. You never know where you're going to find these guys. I don't care about yeah. defensive tackle, guard. Yeah, what if you find the guy there? Yeah, that's why yeah. you do it with those. Yeah. That's why you take those later flyers and you hope that they turn out to be somebody, you know, is like all of a sudden the receiver going to be. I mean, maybe sometimes you can find these diamonds in the rough, but. As they brought that up, I asked fans today. I think I'm going to start doing this more on the day of the show. So look on our Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Carolina Cat Chronicles, uh, Instagram, wherever we try to put everything, where I try to find a way to get some energy to post on all these damn <laughs> Uh, But I want to ask you guys, it's a good time for me to ask you guys what you want to talk about, right? So I asked the fans like, Hey, what do you guys want to discuss this week in a slow news cycle? And one of the people, and I'm going to start doing a better job of grabbing their tweets too, and featuring those in the show. I've got one coming up in a moment, but they asked where are the holes on this. I'm going to find them real quick as we, where are the holes on this team? Like we're excited. And this is something, you know, and I forget at times, as a host of the show and someone who runs the Twitter account, someone who runs a website, who's always talking with my friends about this is like, sometimes this feels like old news to me because we've talked. It feels like for me, ad nauseum about this stuff, you know, and we've tried, we've delved a little bit into position strengths and weaknesses on the podcast, but not everybody's going to listen to every moment of the podcast or follow sure. every single thing that, so I have to remember, too, that like, hey, we need to talk about the things people want to hear. And he was asking about this, and I'll find the tweet in just a second, is where are the weaknesses on this team? And this is a very important question to me. We're not imp important. It's We're just so overwhelmed with optimism when it comes to Bryce Young, number one draft pick, and this – Avengers squad of coaches in the wake of the most ridiculous coach in Matt rule. And I'll tell you more about that in a moment, but where is our optimism maybe becoming rose colored glasses on this team? I, th I think between the three of us or the four of us, it always is. 
I mean, maybe if not for me, I'm kind what of a position group, dude. But... Do you think where are the weaknesses on this squad where the optimism is overriding us, where we actually may not be as strong as we think? Um, I think, I think or not yeah. thinking about what we should be thinking. Um, I would tell you that it is probably um at the linebacker position. Um, we still really haven't uh, we haven't invested anything in the linebacker position outside of a few late round picks. Um, we have Shaq Thompson, but mm-hmm. and, and Frankie Louvu, which I don't know how I feel about Frankie Louvu outside of his pass rushing and run stopping ability. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about him in coverage, but um, he's great uh, close to the line. Uh, but I, I maybe maybe I should clarify middle linebacker is something we've neglected since uh, we've lost Luke. Uh, that I agree. I was gonna. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is for me, linebacker is probably the biggest position or the hole that I can see right now. And Tony, if you're gonna put it the way you'd put it, where there's a class that I think we've addressed, but may still need some work because it could be, could be bad. It, wide receiver, like it could be a big miss. I think that we might have a good thing going there, but it could be a big miss. Sure. Let me give credit to where credit is due. This tweet, the question was raised by. Hey, member of the C3 Army, what I love about that, I love to see the C3 family and Army grow. All you got to do is drop C3 and your bio on Twitter, or as some people have even done, put into their name on Twitter. This is C3 Mossy Man 789 News. You can find him at Mossy Man 789 News. Yes, he, he said this. How about the Panthers' defense and the holes missing to make it a complete defense? Also, what the Panthers still need in free agency. God bless you, Tony, and yours. Keep pounding. He understands this show rolls on no matter what the news cycle is. And you guys bring up defense. One of the things that we're trying to figure out here, though, guys, as we talk linebacker and you tried to or not tried to, as you clarified, CK, Mm -hmm. linebacker means something different now in this three, four defense than we're accustomed to talking about. So we think of edge rushers and defensive fronts and this and that. And now Brian Burns is a linebacker. He's an outside Mm -hmm. linebacker. And Frankie Louvu is a linebacker. Today, I think, or yesterday, Shaq Thompson talked about why he chose Carolina and stayed there. We'll talk a little bit about that. But we've been wondering, with the Carolina Panthers having this cap space and this really some money and some opportunity to continue to prove, improve their team, and they need to – at least they've seemed like they are ready to improve at every turn and not be complacent like they were in the past – one of the people that we were interested were that some name, some people were floating out. In fact, myself, Leonard Floyd, formerly worked with Giro Evero with the Rams. He signs a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills who need pass rush. I don't know what they're – I thought they were a 4-3 scheme, so I wonder how he's going to fit into that lineup. But he's gone now. Yeah. So who is next? How do you strengthen this team? And uh, when we look at some of the free agents out there, you know, we've talked about Clowney. You've got Justin Houston out there. Hold on. I don't even remember this guy's name. Who is I put on the left. Um, 
he was hurt a year ago and he's coming off an injury and he played with the Jags. But guys, how do we improve this team? Do the Panthers improve this team? Do they need to make some oh you got in Jock in in Giannis and Gakwe? Uh, I mean, he could be a good pickup. The right man. is who's uh, Anthony Quinn? I think. Um, I think the if looking at what we have from the uh, from what they got, the Buffalo Bills were able to sign Leonard Floyd for. I cannot imagine there's a scenario where you couldn't get you know, a, a one year deal for uh, Ngakwe that was going to be uh, more than acceptable. Um, I just they, don't want to. Do you know what that number was? Nine million for one year. Mm. It's doable. Man, not cheap, but it's doable though. It's not cheap, but when you think about what these guys, I mean, that's that's telling me that um, maybe the market isn't what these guys are hoping um, for the uh, for the defensive tackles. Um, and so I, I think that uh, I think that's a, probably a good thing um, or defense edge rushers as to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that uh, in Gakwe now that that's happened. There, now there other part of this is it's very possible the guy goes to. Uh, KC, right, and uh, mm-hmm. and finishes up there. Um, tries to chase rings uh, more than uh, than they've already done. So um, I don't know what our chances are with a lot of these guys. We also are missing Zeke Elliott on that list. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Is that I don't know if it. I mean, I guess these guys would help. Like, we do need. We could benefit from adding a proven, experienced player. But like Justin right. Houston, Anthony Quinn, um, these guys, Clowney. I mean, Clowney looks makes these guys look young. Man, uh, these these guys make Clowney look young. So yeah. really, like Justin Houston's like four thirty four. He's a, he's yeah he's up there mm-hmm. and he's already ring chasing. You know he's already done that in Kansas City. Um, mm-hmm. You know I think that he might go back there on a, on a just to try to get as many rings as possible. Because I mean a lot of times when you're at that point in your career, you're just chasing the Hall of Fame. Uh, figures and the way you get in the Hall of Fame isn't just breaking records, but saying you have three Super Bowls to your name or two Super Bowls or what have you. That helps a lot with the uh, Hall of Fame resume. That's probably what's held Steve Smith back, to be honest with you. Yeah, I like the idea. Uh, you know, making true money right here. I know other people are saying in the chat too, but uh, Ingram or Clowney sounds good to me. I pay them. Yeah, money. I think Clowney would be the best for our team at this point. It is a guy who is productive and can do everything. Um, and you're just going to pay him as a mercenary and he's okay being one. Yeah. Oh, clearly I forgot mm-hmm. it. So, well, I mean, I guess free agency isn't the only way and the Washington commanders have, um, I guess they, they didn't pick up chase young's fifth year option. Uh, number five two years over. already. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is his fourth year, but you have to pick up the fifth year before the fourth year. Yeah. That's so crazy. this is his fourth season. This That's is the crazy. year they picked uh, Chase Young over Justin Herbert, right? I think that's when it went. Yeah. Um, Chase Young, though, is in the final year of his deal with the Commanders. He's the number two overall pick. And this tweet says, I mean, it's Dove Kleeman, Kleiman, who was an aggregator, which I still like this aggregation right here because he helps my um, – me easily find all the damn news. Yeah. Uh, he says that, um, and so I guess he's got somebody s- sourced in this, or he's referencing somebody else in this story that the 
commanders would be open to potentially chain trading Chase Young. Hmm. Um, and I misread this. I thought they were saying for a second round pick, and I was like, oh shit. I don't know. Would he be worth the second round pick? No. You don't I think mean, so? that, they're gonna ask somebody might, first, but... people are saying. Yeah, I, I just and that's too uh, expensive. But you gotta keep in mind you're not just you're not giving away the, the round pick. You're you're either getting a one-year rental of a guy that you're gonna end up having to do a long-term deal with um and and pay astronomically. Mm-hmm. Um, for and and if you want to talk about injury prone, I mean, dude, dude's not been the most available uh, on the field. So you have to have that conversation as well. He has been. You want to talk about injury prone? I mean, he's basically had a season. I mean, he's almost the same as Jason. Jason, he did have a great rookie season where he got like. 12 sacks or some shit like that. Yeah, but, but, not, not, but I think that he didn't even deserve the rookie of the year. I think that that should have gone to Chin. Chin had a, a way more impressive resume from a statistic standpoint in, his, in that same rookie you're year. Right. You're right. So are you saying he's injury prone? Because he is similar to yeah. uh, to J.C. Horn, and we didn't want to yeah. call J.C. Horn injury prone. Like, are the You mean like as in the amount of injuries he's had, he's similar? Oh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he's missed about the yeah, same amount of time. Up. Look, yeah. can you pull up his stats for us, yeah. uh, or at least how many games he's played? If not, I can do it. But I mean, he's, uh, he's had two injury plagued injury seasons. This um, is his fourth season. He got hurt, and it is either at the end of his first season or in his no, second season think, again, or maybe it was the end or towards the end of his second season. But he didn't come back. Do you remember last year they kept saying he's going to come back? He's going to come they back. Didn't, yeah, and they kept. And he didn't do shit. And then they put him out there finally in like week 13. And look, they were like, nope. And they shelved him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, well, the thing that's interesting is that they didn't pick it up and uh, pick up his fifth year option, which is an, is a rarity for a guy that you believe in because that's like basically a cheap option uh, to bring back a guy. Uh, and I won't say cheap because yeah. it's still an average of what the top 10 players at the position, but. Um, that's still a, a cheaper option than letting the guy go. So, yeah. I mean, if he's if he's the game changer that they believe that everybody believes him to be, then I think that that would have been absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I think it would have been a no brainer for them to take that fifth yeah, year option. Two on him. overall yeah. picks, fuck yeah, man. If he's, well, uh, as I say, he started fifteen games his rookie year, then nine the next, and three the year after that. And those three were at the end, and he was mm-hmm. jealous, shellish, not jealous, shellish. Um, the question is again, that kind of goes back to with like, and really, in a kind of an important argument that maybe like what the Houston Texans were kind of facing this year. Right. You heard rumors that they were not in love with anybody but Bryce Young, and. Some people were saying, oh, they're going to just pick a defensive end. Yeah, they were just going to go. Yeah, they were going to trade out of the top five, top two, or that number two pick and um, just, you know, get pile up on uh, on picks for the future and whatnot. But um, a lot of smoke screens on that. Mm -hmm. And it just goes back to this is and it kind of, I guess, makes me think when the Panthers having the number one pick is, I mean, there was a. There's a world where you could have not gone quarterback. You know, I mean, the Jags, I think, have done it before. But 
my point being is is like even the best of best defensive ends can only change a terrible team but so much right and while he's run into adversity in this case remember i think what von miller went number two cam's year yeah yeah you could say maybe he helped that defense take such a crazy step but yeah the, but i mean they they had so many pieces on that defense it's or they it's, added them we don't i don't yeah. remember the order of it but the commanders had that they haven't been able to go over that home and they have like the best names when it comes to their defensive front over and over. Like they should have just taken the risk and picked the quarterback. Yeah. I wonder do you, mean, do you do you guys feel like I and I know this is a Carolina Panthers podcast, but um how long into the season do you believe that uh, Ron Rivera has before his uh time is up? Oh, oh this is I think he's already done. Yeah. yeah. He's already done. He is, he's, uh, he's walking into this like Matt Rule was right, right now. Yeah. He's a, I would say, well, I would think it's di- a little different than Matt Rule in that Matt Rule could have, in theory, hopefully, not hopefully, but, uh, for, yeah. And like Tepper would have, you know, if he would have done a certain, shown something. Tepper may have been inclined to say, man, we didn't get it wrong. Let's, you right. know, I mean, but Ron Rivera is in a, in a situation. He's, he's a, he's been pulled in there for this reason. Mm-hmm. You know, Ron Rivera was brought into here, went to the commanders, a mess of an organization yeah, with a PR scandal, not PR scandal first. It was the name. And so they trout out the minority, um, coach and trying to smooth. I mean, like Ron Rivera was the guy who talked about the team name was instrumental right. in picking the commanders and the, this and the, that. And we never saw Rob Schneider and no. poor Ron Rivera had to do the same shit for Justin, Har- uh, not just Greg Hardy. He had to do but, the same shit for Jerry. Do you, Jones. Feel, do you feel like he's and not Jones getting a fair shake there? Man, our owner. You feel like he's not going to get a fair shake that he, basically had the same thing happen i mean really think about the luck you have to have as a head coach to go from one organization that changed owner in the middle of your tenure as a head coach to another organization that's changing owner in the middle of your tenure as a head coach yeah like um that that's 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 like basically putting him at a a huge disadvantage of the possibility of actually uh succeeding or even mm-hmm. having like any potential of getting past one year of difficulties with whoever this new owner is. Um, they're going to look at a, a lot of different uh, things, I think, and and make a decision to get rid of him even before there's maybe reason to this year. Yeah. I, I think he's just, he's gone anyway. Uh, I, I can Everybody even see, I can even see him winning a division. Yeah. And, 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 and being done to be truly honest with you. This is, a, they're doing a whole new regime here yeah. they the mascot yeah, the owner well, everything the mascot's already been changed but the ownership is right. finally going it's, through it's a long and, process yeah and they're, they, they're washing everything clean yeah he served his role guys yeah yeah i'm not saying it's going to be by his he was brought in to do exactly this mm-hmm. is damage control mm-hmm. to take over a crazily dysfunctional family or organization and to bring some semblance of order to it. 
And, you know, that was his strength in Carolina, too, to be honest, is that it was the just steady of the course. Yeah. The he doesn't have the best drive on the golf course, but it's good. You know, I mean, is that Ron Rivera was not a bad coach. He just wasn't a great coach. Right. And I mean, he's had cancer in this time. He's getting older. And it turns out that we've learned he is somewhat stubborn in his idea of what football, how you win. I mean, and that is, look, they've only picked defensive players since. Yeah. You know I mean? It's just, it's just, he he's feels not, sort of like a dinosaur at this point. Yeah. He's certainly not evolved. Um, you feel like he's, uh, unfortunately for him, there's not really a, a lifeboat. Um, and the fact that they didn't pull the trigger on another qu- a quarterback and a, at a high position in the draft and that the Panthers were the ones that moved up for the number one overall pick. It just tells you, I think that um, if I'm a commanders fan, I'm not excited about Ron Rivera as a head coach. I, I think it's easy to look at um, last year. I mean, what was it last year that the NFC East, they all were like kind of crazy good for the entire year um, or at least seemingly on the surface look good. Um, and, and somehow the commanders still were the, the worst of the bunch. So um I, I, I don't know that I'd be excited to be a Commanders fan at this point. Well, or maybe you finally are excited. Mm-hmm. Because maybe. it's a different, <laughs> it's like the, the time is coming. I think this is my prediction. So a lot of people have asked, why did Eric Bieniemy go to the Commanders when it right. was a sinking ship? And particularly a guy that people have so many questions with. And then why do you go there and then... Even if you're good, you're going to get the stink of all of that. I'm almost to the point where I think Eric Bieniemy goes, man, look, is what if Ron Rivera's fired in week 10 and I'm named interim coach and somehow I muster together what Steve Wilkes did, but on an offensive level and get some momentum in the end and show off to the world that I'm more than an offensive coordinator, yeah. but like a decent interim head coach. But back to the Panthers, should the Carolina Panthers trade for Chase Young? I think it's uh, what the asking price I've heard previous to this was just so astronomical for so much risk. He would definitely help the Carolina Panthers if he was healthy, that type of player. Um, But would he? Yeah, 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 man. Like crazy... Like, I mean, he this guy is like Jadavion Clowney was seven years ago. The problem is Clowney never Clowney maybe had one or maybe he's been good. Look up his stat, man. This dude's had like three or four. He's just quiet. He's just never young. No, and it was saying that Clowney has never been completely as the problem with Clowney he was never what he built what he was built to so become out of college. Yeah, it was just yeah. so high. But do you remember we he was hyped when he left high school? Right. He only played, I think, one um, year in college. Let's see. His best year. Best year I'm looking at as far as tackles would be his oh, third, sack. fourth year. Sack. Sacks. Um best year is his fourth year, nine point five. Then he had nine the year before after that. Yeah, Clowney has gotten by the way. Clowney he had nine has, in 2021. Sorry. He, the Clowney has no, gotten no, his no, Pro Bowls off of his name like alone. Clowney has not gotten Pro Bowls because he was the the a game changer. Clowney has been a uh, a road warrior who's gone from different 
uh, different teams to different teams, and he's he hasn't been. Yeah, he's a mercenary, yeah. but he has never been a like a a game changing uh, defensive end on anybody's team. Yeah, no, he's he never won- had even he's never had double double digit sacks, Anthony. Ever? Never won. Not nine and a half. I mean, it rounds up to ten, I suppose. What year was that? Uh, that was 2017. He's been around since 2014. Is 2021? He did he have sacks. Anthony saying he had 11 in 2021. No, 2021 he had nine, nine sacks, uh, 13 tackles for loss, or excuse me, 11 tackles for loss, and 19 quarterback hits. Pro Bowl three times, uh, AP two. Um, I'm, I don't know what that award the is. The problem but. is, look, Clowney's been hurt. His uh, he's like Chase Young. He's been hurt his whole career, except for Clowney finds a way to play. No, actually, he started in most games every right. year. Like except he for finds one, two, a way three. to play. Yeah. Like his uh, when he got drafted number one overall, I think he had uh, sports hernia surgery. Like right at you know, I mean, it's always been him recovering to a certain degree. That's like the, the thing. The thing, thing I have the hype is so big. CK, right. you brought it up. Is that he just? It was like his name is the only thing never. that 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 pe- it's it's easy to recognize because he's been on good teams as a as a mercenary, and I won't doubt, doubt that. But I haven't seen enough from him to warrant any type of big type of contract, right? Um, and the people, a lot of people, and I'm not saying anybody in here, but a lot of the people that want Clowney are the same people who don't want to pay Burns, who's had more double digit sack seasons than Clowney ever has in uh, half the career. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's my biggest thing is like, I don't want to pay a guy who's gonna come in here for one year and move on to the next team. Like we need somebody who's going to be here for the long haul. And Clowney has clearly been just a road warrior. But don't we need at least one or two of those players? If we can get them that are just going to be here for a year to come help us out. Like, like, I mean, I mean, sure, but when you're rebuilding, I mean, I don't think that that's going to be a position that you want to uh, put one a one year deal on a guy. And if he does only cost five million, maybe you do run a flyer on him, especially at this point in time. But I, I, I just also think that he's he's a bit over uh, overrated just from what we've seen. Are we leaning towards this, CK? Is that, and I have fearfully been thinking this myself as we've had this discussion about the need to put somebody else on the other side of Brian Burns or whatever it is, the need to bring in more talent. Are we kind of to the point where we're like, we're going to have to make do this year on this defense and try to extend Burns and find a way to make this team better when they're better, you know, when they're better instead of like, it's one thing for Panther fans to get their crazy hopes up about like how we can go in 11 games or some shit, but Scott Fitter and them have to also be more realistic than us or more tactical. Maybe they're saying this is we're just going to have to find a way to build this defense as it is. And then next year we're going to fucking invest maybe somewhere in the draft or, you know, right. Or free agency. Then does it feel like we're going to add on this defense at this point? Rashard Breeland's out there talking about how he wants to come to the Panthers. I don't even care. I mean, he does play corner. I'm always sick of this. Why, why is he wanting – what's the reason that he's talking about this? Like, what is the oh, – Let me find the – oh, I, I – Maybe he likes the coach, it, likes but, the idea. Look, there are some people who look at the Carolina Panthers on the players' level and look at us and see a team that's building something nice here. I mean, we got some good coaches that's, people like that's to play what, for and – that's what I think is worth at least asking is, is if that is the reason um, I think that that's um, I think that's worth applauding the coaching staff for putting together a team and having the uh, the tenure and maybe even the 
the quality of coach that want, makes people want to come here and right. and be a part of something bigger than just a a, a one you know one ring chasing year, right? And that's that's why I think. I mean, to be honest with you, I think we're out of the sweepstakes on many of these guys, especially now that you see uh, Leonard Floyd signing a one year deal. I think a lot of these guys are going to be chasing a ring and doing that same thing. Or maybe they're just going to realize they're not getting nine million. I mean, maybe, um, maybe the Burchard, the and I think I've always pronounced his name. His name is Bushard. I've always called him Bushard. Bushard Breland. He's one of these motherfuckers I hate, and I don't hate him. I don't got a problem with him as a person. Um, I always love certain players when they're like in free agency, right. and the Panthers can't get them. They can't afford them. And then somehow we get their stupid asses five years later. Um, yeah. The, the guy that I will is like, I need to give the, we'll call it the Jarris Bird Award. Jarris Bird was a top strong safety. He had a great season with the Bills. The Panthers had no safeties. This must have been 2013 or 14. And uh, somehow he's going to be the biggest fucking paid safety. Oh, we don't have enough money to get him. We don't have enough money to get him. The damn Saints didn't have any cap money, and they got his ass. Right. But then we get fucking Jarris Bird like four, three or four years later when I don't want Jarris Bird. <laughs> you know, like right. I want the Jarris Bird of five years ago. But Sharp Breland was the defensive free agent. It was the deal was inked, bro. The it wasn't even dry mm-hmm. on the paper. This was 2017, 18, yep. the year that we got Don Terry Poe. And it fucked. Yeah, actually, this was a good. Remember, we had just fired Dave Gettleman mm-hmm. uh, in midseason. So this would have been 2018, probably, or 27. Man, man, when didn't Gettleman get fired? Like the three weeks into what year? Maybe it was 2017. Can I ask you a question? And I think yeah. it's worth at least I would ask the question of why he would want to come here. Do you think it's at all related to the fact we have the second most cap space? Um, well, I mean, I would, if I was a player, I would definitely be courting those, but you're going right. to hear from them right here and you're going to see some different words about it right here. It's like, right, let's do it. Uh, but the, I did want to bring this up just before we go. And then you're going to have to cover me and you're going to respond to the clip. Cause I got to go get my phone. Um, the way this happened, and if we could just find the year, if anybody can tell me, was it? I think it was whatever the year Dave Gettleman got fired. Herney comes in, kind of a difficult situation or something, but Herney strangely put together one of the better off seasons, it felt like. And we nailed Bashar, Bashar Breland, who was like kind of a, we didn't have a secondary. We had just lost all these corners or whatever. And we're like, oh, this shit's really, this guy's going to make a fucking difference. And then we sign him and he goes and plays golf or something in the Caribbean and hits his, like a golf ball, hit his foot or something. He got like a foot infection mm-hmm. and he couldn't pass the physical. The Panthers then didn't sign him. And that was like our main play. And like you right. missed on your main play and then you're scrambling. We went and got Don Terry Poe and we were like, oh shit, Don Terry Poe is going to be like, great, great second get. Great second get. We thought that mother man, that motherfucker sucked for us. Um, 
But I think start- that. Go ahead. I was just saying, I think that's also a, uh, a a reflection of the fact that he didn't have anybody to help him. Gerald and- McCoy. We got Gerald McCoy that year too, and stupid mm-hmm. ass Gerald McCoy. Another guy um, who is this is like the name was bigger than the play. Right. And Gerald McCoy was smart. He was so well-spoken. He brought the fucking icy truck out there. He made everybody. It was like, thank God. We thought we were like, oh, man, the bucks were too hard on him. Gerald McCoy did shit. Man, again, too late to the party. Here's Bashar Breland talking about it. It's a short clip, guys, so you cover me. I'll be right back. All right. The team that I feel like will fit me right now, like like in my career and what I got going on, and far as my personal things, it would be the Panthers. Uh, ah. I feel like that'll fit me more. Like, like uh, I lost a deal with them during this time, the rocket time of my career. That's right. And it's back home, so it, it, uh, it'll be a lot of hurdles that I jumped just by playing for that one team. So, for you, like, like I said, but the, the team that I feel like will fit me right yeah. now, like, like in my career and what I got. Oh, God, it's on repeat. I got uh, there you. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it answers it. So he has a history of, uh, being, uh, in the Carolinas. It says, uh, he has a, um, you know, some sort of ties to North Carolina. Is that what he was saying there in that? That's what it sounded like. I'm not sure about him to be honest with you. I don't, God, I'm not even, don't know anything about him to be, to be so, true. Do we think there's also a potential like, uh, I mean, and, and, and call me cynical in a lot of these things when I say like, is it because we have the second most cap space, but I did like one of the things he was talking about, which is almost like a sense of closure, right? He didn't get to finish his career or finish. He lost that contract is what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea of being able to, um, you know, come to the Carolina Panthers and, 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 and maybe add closure to a time that, like he said, that was uh, um, uh, tumultuous or however you want to describe it. um, I I think that that's, that's admirable if that is in fact the reason. Um, But, uh, but again, I think that, uh, both can be true. I think he might want to you know, do that, but also um, we have the second most cap space in the, right, in the right. league right now. I mean, it, it's a smart move, and I looked it up. He did go to Clemson, so I guess South Carolina. He's from the sure. Carolinas. I mean, in that, in that aspect of it, I didn't look further than that. Maybe he grew up here. I'm not sure. But, like, I mean, it's something you always look for in a player. I'd want to see a player who wants to come here, but you're right. The, is, there is the background of, you know, more money. But, of course, you know, the guy's got to chase money. We always tell players we want them to chase money. And I feel like I don't think that he would come in here, even though he has, we have a lot of cap space expecting a giant right. contract. I, I think he understands his worth. He was talking about the point that I'm at in my career, where I'm at. I think he's, right. he knows where he's at and what he's worth. And maybe he can get some money with some incentives here. And if he can do that and produce, then I'm fine with that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a opposed to the idea. I just, um, it's always, uh, a question mark of of what he he's capable of doing. I think he was able to get a ring the the year, if I'm not mistaken, the year he went to the to the Chiefs because after he left, uh, like when to, uh, the deal fell through with us, I think he went to the Chiefs after that. Mm. Um, or at least that's that's what is ringing a bell in my mind. Maybe you know, Chad can correct me there. But um, if he's able to come in here and produce, that'd be great. Um, I think uh, I think we need uh, we do need another cornerback because we have two cornerbacks that are star players that are have have yet to complete a season without having some sort of injury so uh, we got I, a crappy I, one too dcj right. henderson's <laughs> right yeah 
So who's the odd man out if we did get him? Like, would we maintain everybody we still had? Or maintain, we... yeah. I mean, okay. right now you got to have a rotational basis out there on the uh, on the. I mean, I'm assuming there are some some depth guys that aren't going to make it. I mean, heck, C.J. Henderson may be on the chopping block. To be quite honest with you, but well, who um, does he knock out of the starting lineup though? Like, does he come in because he's not coming here getting signed for a deal and not starting, right? right? I mean, potentially. I mean, we. Uh, I mean, there's there's been plenty of it. There's a potential that DJ Chark doesn't start uh, if uh, Terrace Marshall and and uh, um, and uh, Thielen blow it out of the water. That's you know, true. It's, That's there's, true. There's 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 a that. lot of these guys that you do that potentially could be um, starters or paid to be starters and not ever actually see the field as a Panther. Yeah. I'm not familiar enough with his stats to say right. that you know he would come in and knock somebody else out of the lineup. I just know that I, I'm familiar enough with C.J. Henderson's stats that I know that almost anybody could do better, or I feel like they could. Right. So it'd, it'd be cool to see somebody come in and replace that because I feel like that's a weakness on our defense. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's at the end of the day. I mean, we have we have some safety positions um, that have been filled. We have our linebackers that I think the team is happy with, whether we are or not. Is is, a, is is the question mark. I think the biggest hole in our defense is, um, is going to be the cornerback um, outside of that middle linebacker, middle linebacker position that I feel like isn't filled yet. Yeah. And I'm going to start a drinking game to see, you know, CK, every time somebody in the podcast says at the end of the day. Yeah, the day, drink. dude. Yeah, well, we, we, we've all come from the uh, Matt Rule uh, pressers, dude, and <laughs> right. he's, uh, he's imprinted on us. At the end yeah. of the day, I think at the – um <laughs> man it's i don't know i'm just i'm just here to have fun i hear you man uh but yeah did it just keep playing over and over no it I did stopped. but we yeah yeah, yeah I just uh, removed Greg it. was able to okay. pull it off keep going keep going mute mute me all right. again all right gotcha. um well i mean I, greg given the the uh, situation and one of the things we were going to talk about is uh, beyond the holes is is what at, at, at this point in time what, what was it that we were going to talk there was another segment we were thinking about adding tonight we did we get to the um what we were going to what caption this what steve smith was going to be we saying i know we talked that. about it a little bit we didn't um, get to that maybe we can pull that up and we can try to get chat to throw out some ideas of what steve smith was uh was actually saying here and be as funny as you possibly can. I think I was going to ask you, uh, Tony, um, if you're still there and able to hear me, uh, maybe we should throw out a meme contest during the off season. Like, you know, the people who make the best Panthers related memes and we can uh, do like a little, uh, little uh, thing on the, on the show every, every Tuesday. Yeah. That's actually a great idea is this is perfect. What is your meme meme this for us? We're going to come up with this is we'll come up with a cool name. Uh, the number is 252-228-5098. We'd love to hear what you think Steve Smith was saying out there uh, to the players. In fact, Ricky Prohl was out there too. And you got to wonder, it's probably like, hey, now that Matt Rule's gone, I don't mind being around an efficient organization. Yeah. I saw this from uh, Andy Dalton who addressed the news. He said, uh, I definitely think I'm still one of the 32 guys out there. But I know that's not the position I'm in. My whole goal is to kind of be the example and not necessarily set the standard, but show how it's supposed to be done. I don't know what that last sentence means there. Um, Uh, He's he's supposed to set the standard. He's supposed to 
um, show the you know young people like Bryce Young um, how you not set the standard. Well, oh, yeah. he means of his play, not yeah. his behavior. Yeah, he's yeah, saying I... not set the standard as far as like you know who's the you yes. know like uh, Patrick Mahomes, cool, right? Yeah, I think he, he's pretty much putting out there that like uh, I, I I can be a good backup mentor, teach these guys how to play, and I may be better than you know a bunch of people who are starting in the league as far as rookies and everything else go. But, but uh, that's not what I'm here for. But can, that's I, not can what I'm we here talk for, about yeah. the maturity level that it takes to have that type of approach? Like, he made a lot of money. Well, he so. has, but that's <laughs> he's made also, a whole lot of money. Yeah, think, think about the that pride means. aspect of that. Like these guys have been. At the top of their game, like Andy Dalton, until he went to the uh, to the NFL, was probably largely considered the best player on the field in many of the you know in the uh, teams that he's ever played for until he got to the NFL. Right? Yeah. Um, all of these guys have ego. They have to. You you don't go to the NFL. You don't become a professional athlete without having ego. Um, it's just the reality of it, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. As long as you can control your ego, that's that's perfectly fine to have that. Um, but to have somebody come out here and say, listen, I believe I am one of the top 32 quarterbacks out there, but I'm not coming at this from the perspective of everybody is dumb for not putting me on their team because I am, you know, the, I, I should be the starter on any team out there. Right. It could be, he could take that approach. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody would sit there and, <laughs> you know, I would him over that. I wouldn't heckle him over that, but he, I mean, you do have to have confidence, but you're right. Um, bringing up something important is uh Tannehill said i'm not here to teach anybody right, right. Remember, you see a lot of these guys they're going to go out with a very bad um you know with they're going to leave the a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths fan bases and and people management things like that if Tannehill ever wanted to go into coaching that statement alone is going to be reason that he will never be hired as a head coach or a offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach Come because back, he is yeah. he is showing that he is not a a person who is willing to mentor or help someone um, even in a position where he is now, where he's clearly at the end of his career, right? This is not the, the writings on the wall. Like, this to, made to me that. think of Cam Newton though. This might be what this made me think of Cam Newton. He did it me as well. And and the, top, I'm better than the top 32. Yeah. yeah this and, is the exact reason why Cam Newton can't be a backup quarterback. Right. Is because he is, and and there's nothing. He didn't say anything more arrogant than this statement, really. Right. right. I mean, right. maybe like he didn't talk about the. Actually, I would say this is he probably gave a statement that was comparable to this. Well, yeah. I, th- I think the, thing the difference is, is that Dalton can be in the background of the picture, and Cam Newton is always going to be in the forefront of the picture. So I think Dalton is saying this is like, Hey, look, I can play this game at a level that's better than people give me credit for a um, B that's better than a lot of people in this league mm-hmm. and C, you have to have this attitude. If you're a quarterback in the NFL, like you have yeah, to believe in sure. yourself. It was like, we've seen quarterbacks who don't believe in themselves, AKA Jimmy Clausen. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to shrug off an interception you have to be able even frank wright said this recently is like we don't need you just checking it down we need you to go for it um and have the balls to go for it i think he's saying i have all those things but look i also know where my bread's buttered Mm -hmm. and like 
I've got a good 12 or 13 more million dollars to make in this league being a backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at it like this. He's in the NFC South. So who are the quarterbacks in the NFC South right now? You got to be better than Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, and and what Ritter. Is that his name? <clears throat> um, okay. So I would say Andy Dalton is on par or could be better than any of those guys. So when I think when he makes a statement like this, is what he's saying, I think the difference between him and Cam saying this, I'm not trying to knock Cam. I think Cam says that with the mindset of, I'm better than 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 more, I'm not the 33rd best guy. The same kind of thing here. I should be starting over them. Was I think Cam's mindset? Whereas Andy Dalton is, I kind of understand my role. I'm better than some of these guys out there, but I kind of understand my role. And he's going to make the money being one of the highest paid backup quarterbacks. Maybe it'll fruit him. And there's day, good you know? money in that business, bro. Very good. Yeah. You know, is that like? I mean, if you could be a backup and make, think about this, it's like you could get $10 million in one year, but you could also get $1.5 million over each year for the next seven years. Mm-hmm. Be employed, yeah. stay functional and busy. Uh, I think this is, look, is I like this part. Actually, now that I've thought about it more, he says, uh, not necessarily to set the standard. What I think he really means by that is like, look, is that while I'm pretty good, I know that I'm not going to go out here and say I'm the guy that needs to have this moment. Right. I'm just the guy that's supposed to show you how you come to work, how you think and prepare and and, and learn the league. And that's what we brought him in for. The crazy part about Andy Dalton, again, to me, is that I hate I disliked him so much, but not because of him. He was just catching strays because there was a point in Cam Newton's career in 2012 and 13 and 14 where people said that Andy Dalton was better than Cam. And I was like, you guys are fucking out of your mind. Yeah. And that wasn't Andy Dalton's fault. No, it wasn't. I mean, and and it's again, it's how many times do we have that the same reaction uh, when somebody comes to the Panthers, though, like we start to we start to be like, yeah, we're softening our stance on this a little bit because you know mm-hmm. now he's a Panthers, uh, he's a player for the Panthers. So, um, and, and we maybe look at things uh, a little bit differently when that happens. We maybe open our eyes a little bit. Maybe we become a little bit more biased and in favor of Andy Dalton now that he is a Carolina Panther and he said the things that he does about wanting to mentor and help Bryce Young uh, develop into a quarterback that we hope he's going to be for being the number one overall pick. Um, listen, I mean, it's hard not to, you know, root for the guy, but at the same time, it's, it's, you can't help but respect the fact that he has the mindset that he does because there's a lot of people, again, this is a prideful, uh, type of situation and there's plenty of quarterbacks out there that would not have that same mindset. And that's not saying cam, by the way, I think cam Newton would be more than willing to mentor many guys if he were on a team with a rookie. Um, or given that opportunity, I think he would be more than understanding. And I think he would be a fantastic person to show um somebody i would I, I wouldn't say bryce young but i think a cj stroud would benefit heavily from a cam newton in his bat in his ear yeah <laughs> this uh we gotta everybody carefully study greg's reaction he has not heard or seen or know about any <laughs> of this is that uh colby who's a greenville native ecu guy who has seen me in Greenville around, he said this, I asked, and again, guys, on Tuesdays, I'm going to start asking what you guys want to talk about. And again, I'm going to continue to feature uh, and get better at this and feature you guys' tweets because you guys are giving me the information. He said this, is I would like to know whose stock 
do you think will rise throughout the season and whose stock do you think will drop forcing them to lose snaps so i got this tweet at the same time that i saw uh, a funny post on facebook from this friend of mine and she goes i hope i don't offend y'all but y'all got to look at the comments <clears throat> that doing and it was of this dude and his i guess his mom uh, he's a ballet he's a ballet dancer in denmark or somewhere in the netherlands or well denmark or somewhere in europe <laughs> i think that's where cody guys by the way cody is flying that's when he missed the show tonight i think he flew and went to the ballet uh i'm i'm ready i know that i love cam newton maybe we'll do it as the david dato aka dab on him pick um but right now i'm ready to bring this mm. into the show right here the david dato ball out award <laughs> Um, who balls out this year like David Adada does every day of his life? This ballet dancer that Cody Lashney, I'm pretty sure, went to go see tonight. Um, first of all, do you guys like the idea of the David Dado ball out I mean, award? I don't want to have to look at this picture every time that we pull every time we pull oh, this oh, work out. You got to. You got to. Uh, um, or should we make it the David Dato, aka Dab on them ball out award? Is that too much? Might be a little bit too much. Like the dab on them is nice and concise. The ball out award, I don't mind uh, changing to. Um, I, I I think that it would be. I think what we would need to do is put multiple, like every every Sunday, because this is going to be an after the in the post game. Every Sunday we would have a different person's picture there, <laughs> like in leotards oh, or that's a trophy. Ooh. So I tried to make it. If yeah. you look at the base of the, I put a base Sounds on it. I can do a 3D print of that. And I want to make him a trophy. <laughs> like whenever someone uh, hoists How the party, you... they hoist the David, David Dato Ball Out Award. I would almost say let's do that and actually let's actually send that um, to a player at the end of the year. <laughs> the actual trophy as a trophy hey listen like, you, you got the most in your brass balls <laughs> fuck you i see your brass balls and i raise you a david dotto ball out award if you're gonna call it the david dotto dab on a ball out award call it the triple d ball out award see like i think we're going like the triple d ball out AKA award makes it kind of ridiculous like it is so the David right. Dotto, aka Dab on him, like, and it somehow ties into Carolina Cat Chronicle, to Carolina history. I am, for some reason, I feel like this just has to be part of this. I was on, <laughs> I was all over these big balls right away. Wow! And when I it. say that, is somebody wow. goes, "Oh, you should make this," and I was like, "Already, I was already making the image." David Dotto, by the way, is probably only five foot four but he makes you all feel like boys <laughs> i mean we assume there's a lot of uh there's we a lot assume. of stuff in the, yeah there's, uh, there's this is uh somebody said this is they were like hey man uh, or maybe should the catchphrase be greg david dotto ball out award there can be only one wait a second there's definitely two <laughs> <laughs> that's a good shirt idea 
Okay. <laughs> Every week we got to give the ball out award to two. Like, oh, there can only yeah. be one. Nope. Well, there are you, two, bro. It depends. Well, you, you would have to call it balls out. I was going to say, are you going to call it ball out or balls out? That would make a difference. If you call it balls out, then you have to have two, right? But yeah, ball well, out, if you, you call it ball one. out, it's like one's just speaking outside of the boxers, you know? Yeah. This, I was is this, this is a weird conversation. This <laughs> This was before the David Dotto ball out award became into place. And it's come. It's it's coming. It's totally coming to this podcast. Come okay. <laughs> on, this podcast. Oh, Z. Um, right. I was talking to my kid, and I just like again, I have a teenager that doesn't want to talk to me. So, like, I ride in the car, and he's just like, "That's a surprise." I know, I know. It's not a but like you want to as continue to just have a relationship with your family. I mean, and you are, I'm very involved with his life. He just is very mild manner mannered. He's not a super talker. And so I'll be like taking him all over places and this, and he's just like content <clears throat> with being quiet and listening to music and looking at his phone, which I think is also like, I wouldn't want to, I wasn't, I don't want to be friends with my parents when I was that age either, but I was, but doesn't that depress you though? what's that? Yeah, it's terrible. it's terrible because you're trying to be someone's friend. I used to always make this joke because I had kids because I didn't have friends, so I made them. And I knew that I had a temporary friend for 13 years. I made that joke. And it's actually true. Like 13, like you, the the limit on their friendship is up at that point. Um, But he's not mean to me, right? He's not mean to me. It's just right. like this. It's just like... I always say, you remember that guy, the most interesting man in the world? The mm-hmm. he's like, I'm the least interesting man in the world to my son, Michael. So I asked him about this as we were talking about pants. And I said, why is it called pants when it's a pant? It's a singular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he takes Spanish. I said, is it singular or plural in Spanish? He goes, oh, no, it's pantalones. So he goes like, uh, he's like, first of all, he did not give a shit about this conversation at all. And I was trying to make like, and I was like, uh, well, why would you call it a pants when it's only one? It's singular. He's like, well, there's two legs. He actually didn't even give a fuck. Anyway, um, plural versus singular. Should the David Adato be balls out award or should it be? Is he got balls out or ball or is he balling out? Should I start a poll in the chat? I don't know. I think we do need to somehow this has to be part of the show. Um how long do we hold on to Cam Newton? I don't think we can. I think we're I mean, we're holding on to Steve Smith, if to be fair with the ice up pick, but the dab, not only is the dab on him pick, I, I, I'm, I'm supporting the idea of moving on to the dab from the dab on him pick because <clears throat> the dab by itself has already been <laughs> outdated by a pretty large amount of time. <clears throat> right, so, right. Like people don't even know what the fucking dab is anymore. Right. Um, Just so, when I mean, my ass learned what it was, it went out of school. Right. So I think, uh, you know, I, I, it, it does allow you to reminisce the, uh, uh, the 2015 season, but um, I think there has to come a point where you you move on from those uh, those years because otherwise we're the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, that's a good <clears throat> point. Well, I don't like David Dato, aka Dab on a ball out pick, but I see what you're saying. And David Dato, 
dude, that dude could walk into any room. He wore, uh, and I am, we'll get to the Steve Smith. And you know, I, I do this to us. I make you guys listen to ridiculous tangents. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was teaching this class once. And I have these sticks, you know, like everybody's got their jokes, their things they go with. <clears throat> Is when I was coming up and girls, I was like trying to learn how to dress and look cool. You know what I mean? Like you start to get a, a match, like a style that wasn't ridiculous like a skater kid that I was where it was like, Oh my, wear these Janko jeans that are 40 inch bottoms and this leather coat and go skate all day like that. But like actually trying to look somewhat presentable. Somebody told me like, I get these super like one or two lessons and you just like, they stick with you. And somebody told me Brown and black don't go together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, yep. They don't go together. Like I just made it part of my fucking formula. Well, somehow brown and black have become like intertwined, right? Like now you can get black shoes that have a brown stripe on them or some shit like this. But wear a black pair of pants and put on a brown belt and you look like a dummy. (laughs) It just doesn't look, it doesn't go right. My wife used to say navy blue and black don't go together. I was like, you're wrong, man. The fucking Marines do that shit. Um, But I've always like leaned into that brown and black don't go together. And I used to joke on all the young girls in my class and I would say, and not joke on them. I say, cover your ears. If you're listening, if you're wearing brown shoes and black leggings right now, cover your ears because it doesn't match. And for some reason, I always do it when we're talking about like shit, that's just ridiculous or something, you know, like, and it's like my go-to stick of brown and black don't go together. And this student, I remember it was so awesome. He raised, he's an older student too. He's probably like 29. He said, Mr. Dunn, real respectful to Mr. Dunn. Don't do anything. Don't do or say basically anything that discourages girls from wearing yoga pants. <laughs> That's what he said in class. And I was like, you're right. I mean, I didn't say this, but I was like, Brown and black do go together in that context. <laughs> if you're David Dotto, I'm walking around in leggings everywhere. I mean, I don't think you have to, right? You just walk around regular pants. Oh, yeah. right. Like you just be like, wear regular pants. He looks like me yeah. when I got my vasectomy. <laughs> That's so. Well, dude, uh, I had a terrible vasectomy. It worked though. <laughs> it did work. It was worth it. I would go back and do it again. Um, I'll second that. I did my I look. It's the industrial. I'm a Catholic. Don't I have to go to confession for this. Um, we're not supposed to do that. But I, I had three kids. I did my part. This ain't no fucking agrarian world no more. We're not sh- shepherds. <clears throat> Having seven kids is not an asset. Yeah. Don't have just, oh, you know what, CK, in this last tangent, we'll talk about this of how much has Steve Smith influenced our season and then go to the calls. The number is 252 228 5098. You can tell us what you think Steve Smith was saying in that picture. I'll put it in. <clears throat> Call in and let us Got know. 252 228 5098. 
and tell us what you think, Steve, what story. Um, and it could be wrong answers, could be right answers. Be creative. Um, Tony, you got the one bastard kit too. You want to make sure you Oh, I do that. have an extra bastard. You want to make sure you right. need that. I don't so. pay for that, <laughs> motherfucker. Though. He pays me, which is awesome. Um, what was I saying? Oh, Can we oh, talk about what we think this is? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. But CK, I was going to say this is now that you have a second kid, you finally got out of hobby baby land. Yeah. And I always, I always tell people is like, <clears throat> all right, first I say, when they, I say, how many kids you got? They go, one kid. I say, are they healthy? Because I made this joke one time and the kid was unhealthy. Not a good joke. <laughs> they got fucking health problems. And they go, yeah. And I go, oh, you got a hobby baby. Because like one baby, I could fucking be a heart surgeon. Like I could take that kid to work. One baby's easy. Mm-hmm. Two babies, you start to think you're a good parent. Three babies, the shit gets out of control and you become an alcoholic. But <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like you go to zone defense, it's too hard. Um, <laughs> but CK, the reason that's good that you have multiple kids now is because the odds in this world, how many families you know that have a black sheep of the family? Oh yeah, dude. I listen. I, it's a it's a joke that it's a running joke with my wife, and she hates it. I'm like, listen, I I just wanted to hedge my bets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need somebody that love you and take care of you when you're old. And if you yeah. have one kid and they turn out to be the black sheep asshole, which every family seemingly has, turns out I'm the one in my family. Um, you know that's like your bets are all in. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. So right. Um, the number is 252-228-5098. Guys, what do you think Steve Smith is saying here? We're going to do your takes. Then I'm going to have CK do the uh, subscriber shame, and then we'll get to the calls. All right. Uh, I look at this picture right here, and I think he's talking to these guys in a group in a circle, and he's talking about the Matt Rule era. And uh mm. He's talking about how Matt Rule came in here and said he was going to do all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And this is the very end of the conversation where he's talking about it. And he goes, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. there's his hands up right there. So that's what I think this is. At the end of the day, elite, elite. CK, we need. Um, oh, I got a drink. I got a drink to uh, Tony. Tony. But every time somebody says at the end of the day, which is twice now, we got a drink. Hey, we need uh, Cody here because he's got to be cheesing, not on Steve Smith, but you know he'd be cheesing on some damn Matt Corral back there. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. <clears throat> yeah, he would. He would be. Uh, he'd be having uh, a. He's blast. having a good time. Look, Matt Corral is fucking living life back there. What yeah. is he's picking down? He's picking up whatever Steve Smith is putting down. What's he putting down there? CK. Great question. Um, I think that he's putting down, uh, and they got rid of me and thought they could replace me with Devin Funches or Kelvin Benjamin. Well, yep. Um, hmm. I wonder if it's going to be like something like, hmm, it's got to be about punching somebody in the face. <laughs> you <laughs> had to do it. Can't do what I do, what I did. <laughs> do what I say, not what I do, is what he was saying. Because uh, Steve Smith is ingratiating himself like he is a Team Panther, right? I mean, he is, yeah. Yeah. not only is he arguably the best Panther, but he's really embraced the organization, the culture, the role of ultimately best Panther ambassador, right? right. Um, 
And the irony is, I was like, you know what? I would have said, all right, this is what he's saying right here. This is exactly what he's saying. He's saying this is, you know, I wanted to fucking punch Dwayne Jarrett in the face. <laughs> but I looked into his eyes and nothing was there. And I felt bad about punching somebody that had no brain. Ouch. Ouch. No. CK. Yes, sir. Can you shame these people? I don't know, man. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, you have joined me and my fellow C3 Panthers podcast co-hosts and all the fans in the chat to talk about absolutely nothing because it is the off season. We have mini camp coming up, but then there's going to be a whole heap of nothing. But you've come here anyway to chalk it up with the best Carolina Panthers podcast. You know, I'm a bit biased. You haven't hit that like button yet. You haven't hit that subscribe button yet. You haven't shared with your family yet. One thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. Subscriber, subscriber, shame. Let me see if I can get this. Where is Cody Rush <laughs> when you need him? Um, I don't know where the actual real subscriber shame bumper is at. Oh, there it is. I see it now. Uh, that's subscriber shame. Uh, smash the thumbs up button. Consider being a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. The longest running Panthers podcast here every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. into the wee hours. We're almost two hours in. We're about to get to your calls again. Let's hit these cat calls, guys. Uh, let me check. This is where are these cat calls at? Hopefully, I can do both of this at the same time. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like Yo, what up, C3? It's TJ out of G Vegas. I hope everybody's having a good week. It's been a beautiful one here in Greenville. I'm just calling to give my prediction on for Bryce Young's numbers this year. Everybody's doing it. So with that, I'll start off by saying I'm not a fanboy, but I do like the kid, and I hope he's great. Obviously, he's our quarterback. So I do also think he'll be starting week one, considering that he does well with the ones during preseason, which, of course, will have his chance. Otherwise, how would you know? Um, so unless he does horrible there, I think he'll be starting week one. And if that's the case and he stays healthy, I'm going to go ahead and say 3,800 passing yards. Now, I know y'all are saying 4,000. If you like 4,000, make it 4,000. I really don't care about the numbers. Yeah, I think that's 3,800. Passing yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. All right, and I'm being, I'm giving him the huge benefit of the doubt here, okay? Um, and given the recent history, I hate to bring the dude up, but I was curious. I went back and looked at Mayfield's numbers, his rookie year. He's got 37-25 passing yards, 27 mm-hmm. touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Now, that's 14 games. He had more yards the next year, less yards the year after. But, you know, second year, touchdown to interception ratio was terrible. Better the third year, but then he fell off. All that to say is, I care less about yards. I don't care if he throws for 2,000 yards. All I want to see is 
consistent improvement and availability. If he can do those things, I'll be happy, happy, happy. That's all I want to see out of him. So having said all that, I want to go ahead and join you guys this week with Ice Up. By icing up everybody who is saying he's the next Drew Brees. You discredit yourself and you just sound dumb by saying, and I don't want to hear, oh, we're just comparing Sanders and play style. No, y'all said he is the next Drew Brees. So put Drew Brees in the draft this year, randomize the team that selects him, and there the odds of Drew Brees being Drew Brees again are slim to none. I mean, he breaks his leg, comes back, breaks it again, bye bye, Drew Brees. So Get you know, don't disrespect Drew Brees like that. He's all time great Hall of Famer. So ice up, son. Keep pounding, y'all have a good one. Oh, pounding. Disrespect. <clears throat> I disrespected Drew Brees once, and he laughed at it. I was at this was the 2010 season where we just were stinkers, and um, I went to the Saints at Panthers game, and they beat us 34 to three. A long game. We sat on the 45 yard line, four or five rows up. It was not, I mean, we were yep. close. Only paid like 45 bucks to tickets, which was awesome. Um, and we got to like, you could yell, you were close enough, and there weren't a lot of people there either, and they could hear you. And this motherfucker was carving us up. Like, I mean, how do you talk shit to someone who is playing? Like just beating your ass, you know. Like, what do you say? Well, you found something. All I came up with was your wife's a better actor than you are. <laughs> they were doing these Allstate commercials or some shit like that, and he was terrible in them. And she was charismatic. Drew Brees, if he could be Drew Brees, man, fuck yeah, hell yeah. Well, the thing is, is I think we're we, I, I think we'd like to be under the impression that he can be more than Drew Brees, right? Like the hope is that he can be more than, and, and there's, here's the thing. He's anybody the who's saying any least. of these, yeah. Anybody who's saying any of these guys are going to be anybody is just hoping that they turn out to be what they are potentially billed as, right? Nobody knows for sure. And there is a lot of luck involved with, with many of these uh, people, uh, these players and their, their careers. But the 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 thing that I think is 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 worthy of this is that I think that he's got the 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 accuracy and all that stuff, but what Drew Brees didn't have with was the athleticism that Bryce has. So there's a potential aspect to Bryce's game that might put him uh, in a better category than Drew Brees. So I agree. Don't compare him to Drew Brees because I think that they could be potentially two completely different players. And Bryce Young has the potential to be even better than what Drew Brees was. But I felt like he was also saying that was disrespecting Drew Brees at this point because he was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's what he's saying. But I'm saying I'm throwing out another angle to this, and that is that anybody who's saying that he is going to be the next Drew Brees, I agree. You can't you can't say he is going to be this, he is going to be that. He reminds you of where their abilities are. Right. There's a chance that. Uh, Hendon Hooker is a better quarterback than every single one of these people that were picked in the first round. There's a chance of that. There's a chance for that to be the reality. Anybody who's saying otherwise doesn't know what the history of the NFL looks like, right? But right now, Bryce Young has all the 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 pieces to potentially be better than Drew Brees. And that's think, what we're looking for. Yeah, and I think when we say that too, is like he's Drew Brees if we knew what Drew Brees was going to be when you drafted Drew Brees. Like, right. so. Drew Brees 
was drafted like in the second round or third, you know. Right. But it's like, like is if you said somebody's like Tom Brady, you don't really mean like they're gonna be Tom Brady and exceed right. him. They're just like, hey, is that if we would have kind of known who Tom Brady was, we would have picked him here. And I feel like that's what you're hoping Bryce Young is. Is like if we, we knew what Drew Brees was gonna be, he wouldn't have been a second round pick. He would have been the first overall pick. Well, and I can hear the hesitation in his voice with regard to Bryce Young being the guy, right? It sounds like he was open for maybe somebody else, which is fine. I think many people had that hope um, as well. Um, but I will say the 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 part, what was it that he was talking about um, with uh, Drew Brees being an all-time great, but there was something else he was... Uh, yeah, Andrew, tw- I don't remember him breaking his leg twice. No, he's, he's talking about... If uh, if Drew Brees had come into the league and broken his leg two two years uh, in a row, he would have been you know looked past at that point in time. Fair. Nobody would have. Uh. Okay, you know I do think it's fair. Is like first is the comp game is a dangerous game. Yes. Um. Well, dangerous. And I think Cody it's a fun is, game. Yeah, it is. It's like all you can do is like we're limited to our faculties in a certain sense. Right. But Cody's also right. Is don't box him in. You know, it's like, don't put a ceiling on a guy by that cop either. Numbers 252-228-5098. What's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. Um, First off, hit the like button, hit the motherfucking subscribe button. This is the best podcast on YouTube. The longest running Panther podcast as well. <laughs> but just wanted to call him. Hope you all, y'all are doing good, having a good day. Um. Really not much to talk about, kind of like last week. Um, Panthers switched back for the quarterback, switched back to black practicers as opposed to red. I like that a lot more. I think the culture is shifting for sure. I think there's all positive vibes um, going around in practice and on the team and old veterans coming and coaching these guys up, which is awesome stuff to see. Um uh, not much else to talk about, man. Just ready for the season. Uh, at this point, you know we got we have to pay Brian Burns. Nick Bosa is going to be paid soon. We have to pay him. That's just what you got to do. Um, pass rush. Speaking of pass rush, what are we going to do, man? I mean, listen, I I, I want to trust this defensive coordinator to. You know, hopefully he knows what he's doing. But one of the big holes with Denver last year was they were ranked, like, close to dead last in pressures. Okay, they could stop the run. I think Evro cares more about stopping the run in this defense than getting pressure on the quarterback. But in my opinion, we still can't just rely on Brian Burns being the only guy there. I think that eventually they'll try to pick one of these guys. I think you just have to. There's proven veteran names that, yeah, maybe they're not in their primes anymore. Or maybe they're just not that high of a quality of a player. But they're certainly better than whatever we have besides Brian Burns, and there's no doubt about it. DJ Johnson, I think he can be solid at some point in time. I, I really do. I just – he's a third-round pick, and it's hard for me to put all my chips in that basket, especially being a first-year guy. You know, you got to go out and sign someone. I know I sound like a broken record at this point, but it's just really worrying me about that edge rusher room. Um, nothing else to say. Um, yeah, 
Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding. Give me your thoughts on, you know, the edge position. And yeah. The edge position. It's like what we have. Again, thank you, Anthony, for the call. The number is 252-228-5098. Founder of the C3 Army, by the way. Um, and sometimes I feel like we're just ad nauseum talking about it. Right. But then people, not everybody is talking about it all the time. Right. The question is, is this, is like, look, is DJ Johnson going to be the dude? Probably not. But if he's a contributor in his rookie year, going to be happy. We're probably going to have to looking at this point, if we don't add somebody is really trying to get something out of like Marquise Haynes and your tur your tur gross matos. Yeah. And then maybe actually we're talking about you, your, your, you tur gross matos as actually being a defensive end. <clears throat> it's going to be, I mean, can he play outside linebacker? Was he see that agile? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're going to need Amari Barno. To be that's the that's the guy that's got the agility and the speed. But right now I'm starting to feel like this is what are you gonna go get a 34-year-old guy mm -hmm. and start him over a player who you just don't know anything about, and basically you're gonna give up on. I almost feel like we need to start just saying this is we've got to figure out if Barno. Gross Matos, and I guess the old hat of the bunch, Marquise Haynes, deserve to be, not deserve, should be on the team beyond this year. You know, it's like if you bring in another guy who would help you this year, you're still never going to figure those things out. Right. Well, that's the kind of like what decision. you talked about with Terrace Marshall Jr. last week. That's exactly what I was about to say. Is I mean, you're, you're basically asking – I agree with this to some within some level of uh, of of you know um, I, I agree with this at the surface level. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, basically, I think that Mar the problem I have is that I think that Terrace Marshall Jr. has had l less opportunity to show what he's capable of than Marquis Saints has. So I'm not prepared to put him in the same level as TMJ because I think TMJ um has as as let's be real he's a second round draft pick and i mean he has right well actually ygm would probably be the better comparison there is that sure. a guy who was a second round draft pick but ygm still has had more opportunity than tmj because here's the thing okay tmj here's here's the thing that i think is unfair <laughs> for for terrace marshall jr makes my terrace, job hurt terrace, like kids right with acronyms <laughs> terrace marshall jr is reliant on a quarterback getting him the ball. Right. Well, isn't every receiver? <laughs> right. But what my point is, is that YGM has been able to show what he's capable of and he doesn't have anybody else holding him back. And he still has been less than incredible. In right? a completely deficient world sure. where you have inflated expectations. To me, this is the year for YGM. And I'm not saying he's going to be the breakout player, but again, if you're not the top of the top, if you're not a Chase Young type, you know, supposedly can't miss. I always feel like these defensive players who are raw take time to learn how to beat the more advanced 
offensive lineman because they have to mentally learn the game. And I still go back to Charles Johnson. As Charles Johnson was a great defensive end for this team. But he, I mean, didn't significantly make an impact until year three. You know, it's like, so I'm, what I'm saying is this, is like if we'll know with YGM this year, some people have already sold on him. Right. I want to hold the stock a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I think going and getting a Justin Houston, maybe Leonard Floyd made sense to me because like he is played in those schemes a lot and he's not that far on the back end. I will field an argument for clowny, but these are still short-term fixes. Exactly. And I just feel like this is we kind of invested in the offense. So it's finally time on this team for the offense to carry the defense a little bit. I agree. I you know, agree off, the defense has carried this fucking team for the last basically 10 years. And that's been without great talent at some times, too. Look at the last three years. Like, we've been shit, like, not been a good, talented defense, and they were still pretty fucking decent or good. Now it's time for the offense to be above average and the defense to just scrape average, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think Carolina, to be honest, you said in the last 10 years, I don't think that we really ever maybe 2015 we've never been known as a team that's been a powerhouse offense it's always been a defensive strong team i mean even 2015 was a surprise nobody was expecting us to be a powerhouse offense nobody's ever looked at us i don't think what was strong that's a great team. question is what was the best panthers offense it's got to be 2015 2015 is i don't even know that there's a 2003 five i think it might be yes. the five year where we went to we lost to the Seahawks. The Seahawks went and lost to the Steelers in the Super Bowl. We beat the Bears that year. I felt like our offense was all right that year. Maybe I'm wrong. What was the best Panthers offense other than 2015? That might be a great question. And I know you guys want to go and say the one that won the Super Bowl, but they weren't. Well, man, the Super Bowl, yeah. Like, I mean, we scored we had a 12 points. Yeah. We beat... We beat the my favorite game of the 2003 Super Bowl run was uh, we beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by blocking three kicks and yeah. then kicked it. Man, we didn't even score a touchdown that game, I don't think, and we won. And that set off this crazy run. I wonder what was the best Panthers offense? Maybe 2017 until Cam got hurt. Uh, great question. Let's go. To the next call, the number is 252-228-5098. No one said what Steve Smith say, said yet. Paul Cass Brothers, how y'all doing? It's G. Cavassier. Hey, boy, I got some stuff to talk to you all about tonight, man. Mm. Number one, I have question marks with our team. Okay, mm. as y'all okay. seen, Leonard Floyd signed with the damn Buffalo Bills. Okay. Learn Floyd, we all know, is outside linebacker or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Won the ring with the L.A. Rams. And guess who, you know what I'm saying, who coached him? The same dude that coached him, whatever, is now on the damn Panthers. And mm. I was following with the linebackers. Yes, we have Shaq Thompson. You know what I'm saying? He came back, you know. And we have Frankie Louvu, who's going to be the, 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 you know what I'm saying, the third linebacker. 
It's going to be Jeremy Chen. I don't know. Where is Chen going to fit in this damn defense, man? Mm -hmm. That's what has me damn worried. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because we need somebody on the opposite side of Brian Burns, man. We're going to have to do that shit. And I don't know who the hell we're going to place there. I don't know what the hell we're waiting for, you know, because, you know, Fitch always said, I'm on on – we're we're in every deal. You know, he said that shit like, what, a year ago, two years ago, whatever. But I'm just like, you know, what in the hell are we going to do? Who's going to play on the opposite side of Brian Burns, man? You know, and when it comes to linebacker, who is going to be that third linebacker, man? Is it going to be Jeremy Chin? If it's not Jeremy Chin, who the hell is it going to be? And if it's somebody, we pick somebody else up, where is Jeremy Chin going to fit in this daggone defense? It's not going to be safety. You know, because we had Xavier Woods, and now we got Von Bell from Cincinnati. And the corners, you know, we got, you know, Dante Jackson and, and you know what I'm saying, and Horn. Where the hell is he going to fit at in his defense? Give me your thoughts on that, y'all. Keep pounding. Continue to come back to this linebacking core. I brought up Shaq Thompson. For me, is that it's hard for uh, – someone brought up in the comments of the show – after maybe it was two weeks ago, he said, you got to stop calling Brian Burns a defensive end. He's an outside linebacker. And the person that was totally right in making the comment, right, is like in schematically, this is how we're listing him. Uh, second, I don't think, though, is that Burns' detail is going to change that much. What I mean by that is you just won't see him hand in the dirt as much, but his obligations will be similar. He's still going to try to be the primary pass rusher of this team. Yeah. He was already dropping back into coverage at times. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't think, so I think it's a more of a change in a title than it is in the actual reality. But I mean, certainly there are schematic differences, but when we talk about this linebacking core as we are for our first time in this show's history, really having to start to adopt, like learn about what a three, four is and how it works and what type of players you want and what we're going to be trying to do. Shaq Thompson has been a, a figure in this team that has, I don't know, maybe unduly taken criticism, maybe gotten too much leeway at times from some people. I don't really know how to feel about Shaq Thompson, but he became a, he's a big fan favorite at the moment yeah. because he took a, very team-friendly deal where I thought like the Panthers were going to have to release him or do something. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Shaq Thompson. Loves the team. Nice. So good. Such a dude. Best dude ever. Um, and he has. He's endured. He's been a very big, important face for this team and a lot of crap. Like, he's like been our Ron Rivera <laughs> of the last three years. But now we were learning. This is what he said is this is like he was asked about when he came back to Carolina and like this is good and bad, but there's also not good and bad. It's just how do you guys take? He said this. Just look at the linebacker market. Nobody was getting paid. So he started out with that. It wasn't like, oh, I wasn't interested in a deal. It was like, I'm not going to get big money somewhere else. Right. But then he comes back and just says this is like he said, so it was just weighing out. Do I want to be here or do I want to go somewhere else? And that actually is like really that's he did take a like is was five hundred thousand dollars more enough to uproot 
and be basically a non-name for another fan base. At least he right. had a emotional relationship with the Carolina Panthers or the fan base. He said, so it was just weighing out. Do I want to be here or do I want to go somewhere else? Do I want to be with my brothers who I went to war with, or do I want to go to another team and go to a different team and meet new people and shoot? I'm a big loyal guy. So I stay with my brothers. I was like, man, I'd rather win with you guys. Or if I lose, I'd rather lose with y'all. I definitely want to win a Super Bowl, but I want to win one with them. I don't want to win one with nobody else. Every time I like, I just feel almost sometimes like I'm too hard on Shaq. I mean, I think it's Shaq hasn't, it hasn't felt the problem with Shaq is that he hasn't been on a team that has won. And he hasn't felt like the game changer. Well, he was, um, except for he was a he was a, like a rookie and a backup to the right. everybody on there. He wasn't really on a team. Like when you think about the since then, any winning season we had after that, it didn't feel like Shaq Thompson was really out there making these just mind altering plays, right? And I know that's the that's best a part high of a turd. Right. He's been the best part of a turd for the last four years. Exactly, and that's that's I think, and that might be why it is a bit unfair to to say that he isn't a, a good player, or, uh, worthy of the contract that he's got, or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different things people say about Shaq Thompson, and 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 all may be true. We don't, you know, there's we have limited information at this point in time. We have the hopes that you know he'll be able to turn it into a, a career that makes him like similar to Thomas Davis, where. He's able to, you know, somehow turn it on and make uh, make the fans feel energetic and become the mayor of Charlotte, as they called uh, T, uh, TD. But I think it's also fair to say that right now, Shaq Thompson is just had the disadvantage of being a Carolina Panther. I would say this too, and that well, that's a that's a wonderful and. Very sad way of putting it. The disadvantage of being a Carolina Panther. We got to put that in a short right there. Good God. So sobering is that. There's two things that come to mind with Shaq. And this is, you're right. Right. First is that, remember, this podcast, or at least when I started this podcast, I always wanted it to not be journalism, right? But to be fan perspective. I wanted me to, like, I just didn't want to have that responsibility because I'm not that person. Like I'm just a fan watching the shit. Um, so Shaq Thompson has kind of had two things going against him from me, from my perspective. So I'm not going to speak for all Panther fans, but just for me, the first is I got so fucking hyped about him. I yeah. in so much. And this is what we were talking about earlier with some other players is like, I set seemingly unfair expectations for Shaq personally, individually. He's the only player I've bought in their jersey before, before they've played a snap, except Mm -hmm. for one other player. My wife bought the jersey for me. Actually, two players. I've had three players that the purchase was made before they played a snap. My wife bought two of those jerseys for me as gifts, right? Like she knew... I was so hype about these mugs. The first was Julius Peppers. The second was Cam Newton. The third is the one I fucking bought. Maybe I should just make Miranda buy all the goddamn. There you go. There you go. Hey, is this Jack Thompson jersey? Because I was so in. He was 
Shaq Thompson is to me as to Isaiah Simmons is to Cody. Yeah. I just bought all in, and it was going to be hard for him, A, to live up to those expectations, but here you go, Greg. Pass you on this. Pass the mic on this. Is There's one other thing that was looming. Is he was also entering a fucking crazy linebacker legacy. And to be honest, I thought, man, I thought Dave Gettleman's doing the right thing. I thought he was. I thought Dave Gettleman was. There was a point where we thought Dave Gettleman was fucking a genius. Yeah. And it was 2015, 2014, 15, 16. He doubled down on like he did this shit. And you go, oh, man, he's ahead of the curve. I thought he was getting Shaq Thompson. The problem was his damn TD didn't fall off. TD just kept fucking playing better and better. It felt like so like he had this. He couldn't break into the lineup. And then when he did, it was like you said, CK, on a shit fucking team. And then you're like, oh, right. He's been better. He's one of the few players who's been his best years have been after you wanted him to be not want or expected him to be right. Well, look, I mean, you know, I've said my, my thoughts about Shaq Thompson. I, I just don't think he's that guy. I think that he's a talented player. I'm not, not by any means saying he's a bad or terrible linebacker. It's just when I look at him, I just don't think of him as, you know, the big guy. And maybe it's me being spoiled with the Carolina Panthers genuinely having a great linebacking core for most of the time I've known them. The whole, our whole lifetime. Yeah. So, so part of that is on me. It's like I said, I'm not saying he's a terrible guy. I just, I just don't, I just don't see Shaq Thompson being that guy. I've wanted to buy a Shaq Thompson jersey. I just never have. It's just, I don't know, man. Something about Shaq. There was something else I wanted to say too, and I forgot I just about. Wanted it. him to be what I was hoping he was going to be, and that's unfair, right? And I think yeah, that yeah, might expectations, have those yeah. reservations too with Bryce, uh, with Bryce Young is like, but Shaq hasn't been terrible yet. Not if he's not Drew Brees, he's a bust. Well, what if he's fucking one wrong gunner? That's way better than what we get. Shaq, I'm hard on him. I admittedly am personally hard on him, but I do think this is like, we can't do without him. Sadly. Yeah. Right. It's like one of those things is like, it's better. No matter if I want to argue, if he's just better than average, average, whatever the fuck he is, we don't have anybody behind him. Yeah. How about this? Any fucking good. I think that Shaq Thompson will never be an elite linebacker. But I think Shaq Thompson could be part of an elite linebacking duo. Dude, Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, because put another really good linebacker with him. I think that they could important. really wreck shop together. I think, but I just don't think by himself he's ever going to be that guy. Put this poll up, Greg. Okay. Shaq Thompson, who has surprised us. Now this isn't in the description though of the poll because it's too long. But he has surprised us by over the last three years in a terrible de- like he's been the best part of the turd. He's at his best season. Is Shaq Thompson? Have we seen Shaq Thompson's best season? That's the poll. Okay. Have we seen Shaq Thompson's best season? The number's 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. What's up, C3? It's Anthony. Quick call, part two. Like, I completely forgot about this. Oh, my goodness. Can the national media... Stop disrespecting our rookie quarterback because he plays for the Panthers, okay? Literally, if he was drafted to the Texans, they would be saying all this amazing stuff about him. It makes no sense. 
I listened to a podcast today, right, as I'm driving, and this lady had the audacity to say that Bryce Young is the third-ranked rookie quarterback going into the season. What are we talking about here, man? It is absolutely ridiculous. Week one, I hope we smash the Falcons in the ass and Bryce Young has a good performance. I'm sick of this. The season needs to come here sooner or later. I'm sick of the slander, man. It's like we we cannot get a break or any love from any of the national media. That's all I got to say. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding. That's a great point. Are the Panthers disrespected? 100%. Really? Yes. Like yeah, dude. I mean, Panther fan. No, it's, it's, un, it's just like us. We need to say this no matter what. No, no. So here's the thing is if, if there is a part of it that we're expecting it, right? I think that that part is true. I don't think in this case that is, that is true because I think that Bryce Young went from being number one on most people's boards to all of a sudden being potentially worse than Will Levis. Like, I mean, that's just not a logical jump to me. Oh, see, Well, the person who we're going to play the clip, I actually have the clip said third, but it was Stroud and Richardson are the sex name, sexy names right now. But yeah. the Stroud, even the Richardson, like that's the dumbest thing on the planet. Richardson has the ability to do some great things as a, as a running quarterback, right? But he has had an in, incredible lack of success in his college collegiate career. It's absolutely hysterical that that's going to be the approach that they have with this. Yeah. Well, and I can honestly say, you know, I think we look at this through a different lens than the rest of the world does, being right. Panthers fans, being from Carolina. I mean, to be honest, if somebody came to you and told you, would you pull for a team that's been around for 30 years, never had back-to-back winning seasons? Yeah, well, I mean, we got to be real. Yes, and know? I would say we do have one. Um, while that is a tough argument to come back from, is like we have said this. You could say we've won three divisions in a row, even though you had a losing season or right. whatever. But here's the thing: we've had two Super Bowl appearances in that run, which a lot of teams. But you have teams yeah. that have been around for forty years and haven't had that type of Agreed. success. So you're right; it is hard to plug that in the excitement. I almost feel the the Panthers getting disrespected moniker is a fan thing. Yeah, I mean, what should, like, I mean, yeah, we do we want other people to be excited about us? Sure, actually, no. The times that they've been excited about us, about us we suck. Uh, Twenty twelve, even Ryan Khalil took out that front page ad on the Charlotte Observer, and I have it. I had it. I mean, I thought like, oh, we're going to be fucking good. I paid all this money. You know, in 2010, I paid $45 for those fucking 45-yard seats. I paid $250 a ticket to go see Denver in 2012 and see Peyton Manning just fucking carve us up. We thought we were going to be good (laughs) after that. Yeah. But I'm not saying this is like I I don't agree. I I think that's part fan thing, but I would just remind – people too that this is the time that Bryce Young loses the media narrative right and I've kind of spoke on this a lot as we were going to the draft of like you remember when we said that Bryce Young didn't like it was like why didn't he run the 40 why didn't he throw why didn't he do this like or, or some people said that I I was the one that said and what I said is this is like no matter what he did there Anthony Richardson was going to be the prettiest girl in the room that day. 
right? It's because it's a athletic contest that day. And they are. So what it is, is it like, I kind of think of these people as women that you are going to court and marry. And you're looking at everybody's strengths and flaws. Yeah. And Bryce Young is the person who is like intelligent, level-headed, takes care of you, like does all, checks every box. Mm-hmm. And then there are times like it's Friday night and you're drinking beer and you want the bad girl or the, you know, so like there are other attributes at other times that may appeal to you. And in the media cycle right now, the 5'10 diminutive quarterback on a team in a like that doesn't, it's not sexy. What's sexy is Anthony Richardson. What is also sexy is making a take that doesn't matter if you're wrong. So if you say this is it's a lot easier to be negative Nelly. It really is like when you're a negative, like you're like, Oh, so you can say this is like, Oh, well, I think Stroud's going to be better than young, but I'm rooting for Bryce. Young. So like if Stroud turns out to be better, you look good. If he's not good, you go, oh, well, I was rooting for Bryce Young all the time. So sure. I think it's an easier take to say C.J. Stroud's going to be good in the first three years than the safer. T- like, it's like which one has the bigger payoff and is the safety. I think that Bryce Young is the least sexy story right now. Right, And here is... Mina Kimes, who that's who he said this some lady. And Mina Kimes, sometimes she takes a lot of shit from people. People call her out. Um, She wasn't, she's like just super brilliant. Like she turned out to be like, I think she was just a journal. Like she wasn't a football person. But like, here's the thing is like, you can watch football. You can be a sports journalist and just be super smart and you can learn how to do it. Mina Kimes. Is she right or wrong here? I think this is just like, hey, you got to remember she works for ESPN. And it's the dead time right now. Saying Bryce Young is the safe pick is not sexy right here. Sexy many times. Let's hear what she's got to say. I don't think he gets enough credit for his playmaking ability. I know like everyone points to the Georgia game. Oh, like, I, wish he had that up, whoever. I thought when given the chance, and it only happened like maybe once or twice a week at Ohio State, that he did take off and run and, and he showed some ability. And I think revisiting Justin Fields' tape at Ohio State yeah. to reconsider what CJ Stroud Because we saw Justin Fields, I mean, he like you said, he wasn't a good passer, but in terms of scrambling and running, it was one of the best seasons we've ever seen from an NFL quarterback. And we didn't really see that at all at Ohio State. So I'm wondering how much the system kind of restricts that playmaking. It does. Instantly. Ryan Dick came on NFL Live at the draft, and like, I, that was what I asked him. And he was like, yeah, we didn't ask him to. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> fair enough. And that's answered. Right, and if that's the case, and, and well, what he did against Georgia is something he's going to be able to do consistently. Who, athletically, who, this is something I thought about a bit. Who would you compare him to in the NFL? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, do you think he's, let me ask you this. Do you think he's faster than Dak? Yeah, yeah. I think he has longer strides than Dak. Uh, I would say Joe Burrow plus. Like, he's mm. a better athlete than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is, like, just a good enough athlete. Nothing athlete. new. This is all recycled. Like, yeah. The NFL. I think he's there. Yeah. Does he have the same feel that Joe Burrow has for, like, no, he does not. No, I'm just saying not. not. I think that's going to be really interesting for me early on is to see, I want to see the willingness to, I asked about Dak because he has a lot of, similar, he's a fair amount to Dak, I think, you know, as yeah. the high end. Um, and kind of to our discussion earlier about Dak and his reluctance to run at times, 
Tannehill. I think that's something I really want to see out of Stroud. Or like, it's like, okay, you had this governor on you in college. Um, you know, are you going to show a willingness? And, and, and also with Bobby Slowick, you know, you have an offensive coordinator who really wants to tap into that. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Seen them. So I, I feel like the Panther, we, it's like inadvertent disrespect. I don't know what it was about that. There's nothing about Bryce Young in that. It wasn't. It yeah. wasn't. At one point, I heard them say, and I thought that was a clip. Maybe I'm wrong. Is that that he was going to be the third over the next three years? I heard her them say, and maybe it wasn't in that clip, but they. I heard a clip where it said, over the next three years, I could see C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, then Bryce Young being the quarterback I wanted. Mm-hmm. But they were acting like, oh, they were hedging their bets by saying, well, maybe in year four. Yeah. Bryce Young would be the bet. Well, the funny thing is, is like it's it's safer to be negative. Yes, about everybody else but Bryce Young. Though. World. Bryce well, Young is the, the safest pick. Bryce Young is the safest out of <laughs> all of them. That's what we were sold. Yes. That's what we were sold. Yes, yes he was the safe. Like Anthony yeah. Richardson is a is a project. He, he is going yeah. to be a. Uh, there is a 50-50 shot. He's going to turn out to be a starter in this league or a complete bust. And if you take his college uh, tape into account, which again, a lot of people can make arguments for, <laughs> for certain things with him, but you take that into account, his, his statistics in college, it's not a great sign that the dude's going to be able to perform in, 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 uh, in, in the NFL. Like it's just real reality is that's the case. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud is the, is the question mark here. CJ Stroud, if he is capable of putting it all together, then he certainly has the potential to be better than Bryce Young. Let's be real about it. It was a 1A and 1B, and it was 1A uh, Bryce Young, 1B was C.J. Stroud. So it's It's safer to rock with Stroud right now and say this is that the Texans aren't good. He's going to be better than they gave him credit for. Really, this comes down to this, is that there, there is a wariness to accept that Bryce Young's intelligence is enough to overcome his size. Right. That's what this right. Can I ask you a question, though? If, if Bryce Young were six foot tall, would you have any reservations about his size? But he's not. I'd have a little on, less. On. I'd have hold a little on. less, yes. That's I would. two inches. Do you guys realize that that's that much of a difference? That's I it. agree. I, that's I, I, that's I, I, the I, dumbest I'm, thing to have any type of reservations over. I didn't, I didn't say I wouldn't inches. have any. I said I would have less. And no, it's it's not. when it, This is a game of inches, dude. Someone who is this is for my whole life, my whole adult life. I said I was five ten. I thought I was five ten. I got measured at five ten at one point, and I was like, "I'll take it." Five ten, average human being, whatever. I went to the doctor, probably like thirty two years old, you know, and that girl, no shoes on, right? I mean, like the the girl who did my height push that little metal piece that they do. Yeah. Like she tried to plow me into the earth. Like she literally got the most gravitational exact measurement of me. And I was five, nine and three quarters. Yep. And my wife had always told me, she goes, you're not five, 10. Like she was like, no, I'm five, 10. He's five, 10. She's like, no, I was like, no, CK, for someone their whole life, their whole adult life of 15 years, thought they were 5'10 and found out they weren't 5'10. Quarter of inch, 
fucking devastated me, dude. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the, the thing is, like you said, two inches is not a lot. You're right. When you put it on a scale of, is it big? No, two inches is not big. But two inches oh, being hold able... Oh, on. Being, yeah, some, people may, some people may agree. To, two inches may make all the difference. I'll I'll tell, look, this is a podcast of short people. Yeah, I think I mean, I'm, 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 I'm 5'11". The tallest motherfucker in this. Yeah. Oh, five, yeah. Eight, yeah. Are you really... I'm five eleven. I, I say yeah, five eleven. They don't half, have no he's hair. Tall, he's taller than me. Yeah. Well, I, look, I, w- I wanted to push back on one thing real quick, Tony. Before we got too far away from this a minute ago, where you were talking about how people who can say like it's an easy way out to say, "Well, I think Stroud's better," but I'm really pulled for Bryce Young. I think I think I disagree. I think those are two different statements because that's in the that's the camp that I'm in. I wanted us to draft CJ Stroud. Now, Bryce Young's my quarterback. I think he can do well, and I hope he does well. But to this moment, based on what I had the knowledge I had being drafted and nothing new coming out, I think that CJ or CJ Stroud is going to be a better quarterback than Bryce Young. Now I can be wrong about that in the future. It's still pull for Bryce Young to be a good quarterback now. So I I, I think those are two separate things. Right. People don't have to change their opinion about who they thought was going to be the better quarterback coming out. Here's the thing, and this is where I think the question mark comes. I would like to see all of these people. Um, having listed the people that they thought were number one and number two and number three before the draft. And then let's see, now that this guy's a Carolina Panther, how many have changed that tune? Because the thing is... is, Anthony, who brought this call up, has been a Bryce Younger from the beginning. But you're right. But but the people who are saying that he is number three on the list, like that's who I want to see. They were quiet in those moments where the super scouts were saying, this is the best guy to take right here. And they weren't like, oh, they weren't big dick in it then. But now when it's safer for them to step up and make a riskier bet, right? they can say that. And I guess this is what, and Greg, when you said, or in CK, you said, go back and look at what people said is I never, I tried to always be clear that I wasn't really commenting on who would be better, right? but just who I would pick. And I admit like the things that there was, it was almost not as much what gravitated me towards Stroud. It was just like this. It was like, look, is like, are there a big difference between the two? And is that, what is the big difference? And you know what? I've just had to reconcile now and I'm going to just heed these people's advice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to heed Anthony Piccarello's opinion. I am on their side now. And I'm like, I just said this is like, I was just concerned. Right. Sure. Uh, I think we all would. I was concerned too. Like, I mean, I was, I was, if you guys recall, I was a CJ Stroud fan myself. I got one over when I watched videos, uh, not only interviews, but also like the, the tape of, of that's when Bryce Young wins, bro. I'm telling you, that's like, this is, that's why these people are putting him three right now, because this is not the time Bryce Young wins the narrative bryce young will win you know they're going to be changing their tune if the if he fucking comes out in there throws 288 yards and three touchdowns in his first go right this is the time and that's what i was trying to make with that analogy of the Mm -hmm. uh the combine is like that's not when bryce wins bryce wins in the interviews and now it's the dead time he got no pads on he looked like a tiny motherfucker then you show this picture of Anthony Richardson rolling out choppy, 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 and then throwing it and then actually being accurate. And you're like, oh, fuck, he looks like a, a stallion. He's the hot girl at the bar right. that's beautiful and sexy and turns out to be. And I'm not saying about his intelligence, but like the outside exterior 
overwhelms you because you got some beers in you or something. Mm-hmm. But again, is this is not who's going to be better. It's just what was the best pick. And now we have to heed the advice, not only of people who have been behind this, like Anthony Piccarello, but the Carolina Panthers believed that Bryce Young was the better pick. The question is, is he the safer pick? Is he this or that? And I will, or if there's any, if this turns out, if Stroud turns out to be the best quarterback of this bunch, I wonder what we'll say about that test. Those test scores where it was like, he's dumb. Yes, two tests. Yep. Yeah. And then you heard the Bryce Young. Inter- so not only do you have like this, like, oh, Stroud scored a four or some stupid shit on it. And then you have old Bryce Young over there being super articulate. Do you get hood? We just need Bryce Young to win. And if Bryce Young comes out and wins, all these motherfuckers are going to be wrong. Yeah. I agree. So that's what that's. uh, He's not going to win the narrative. I don't think it's disrespect. I think it's just reality. And I don't I agree. Think I think he's going to win the narrative until we have points on the sure. scoreboard. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think that's a very good point is like right now, Bryce Young is only going to win. He he won't, he's not going to be winning right this second because they're not playing real games. Right. He's not going to. Your mom wanted you to marry. That was the right choice, but you right. went for the bad girl. Right. And, and so I think, I, I, I think that's a different way of looking at it that maybe I wasn't. Um, so I agree. Maybe there isn't a, a piece of uh, of disrespect. I mean, I think there's probably a combination of things like that, but uh, I think there's a potential that that is, uh, you know, very possibly not the uh, the concern. here. Would that be the sexy story either? You know, would it be the sexy story as you're playing this clip of a giant athletic person doing mm-hmm. giant, wonderfully athletic things, and then you pan to the other hand where you see this dem- little tiny person you go oh were they so smart right you're gonna win and look at that look at how accurate it is it's just not you have to i know it's disrespectful in some or at least fans take it that but it's also the reality of the news cycle and like what makes a good headline in a dead time and we are dead right now and the only reason we're still going two hours and 41 minutes is because of tony let's go to the next call What's going on, fellas? Uh, it's Corey calling in. It's been a minute since, uh, since I called, but um, just wanted to share my thoughts and, and see what y'all think. Uh, it's Monday, uh, and my, my main thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was I saw that uh, Leonard Floyd got picked up, and I was like, damn. You know, I, I think a lot of Panthers Nation was kind of keeping an eye out for him, seeing it on going we we'll try to go to Little Floyd. We we'll try to go out to Chicago Clowney. Um, but I don't know, man. It looks like it looks like we're gonna run it back with this this defensive core. And uh, I guess the main my main point is like there's been a whole lot of chatter about the Panthers' new look offense and you know the wide receiver core and the weapons and, and, and you know whether it's gonna be good enough for rookie Bryce Young all this stuff, right? But don't be surprised if this defense loses a couple games, man. And I don't, I don't want to be, you know, a negative, whatever. I don't want to be a wet blanket before the season even starts. Um, but you know, just to be realistic, I, I hope realistic. nobody's like thinking we're gonna be like a, like a, like a 
therapeutic team of that. I think we're gonna max out. Uh, we can max out of like nine wins. Like I think that's like a really uh, respectable. Uh, Keep it realistic, but also like you know, I'm gonna have fun watching the game type of type of thing. I'm just, right. I'm just not that kind of guy going into a season thinking that every every um, player who we are thinking may be good is gonna end up being good. Like some of these guys just don't pan out, man. That's how shit works. But anyway, like my point was, I just feel like our defense, man. Like the the, the we obviously we have playmakers, we have great players on this defense, but we kind of chose to run it back with some of these guys like I don't like like YGM and Marquis Haynes like that's 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 our edge rusher beside of Brian Burns like our DB our uh, cornerback beside of JP Horn is you know Dante Jackson coming off an Achilles and 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 CJ Henderson coming off his fucking second number change in two years like today it, it, it all the moves that we made and, and the personnel changes we made within the last year to you know, go out and get Bryce Young and get these rats, all this different stuff. Like, there's never going to be a one-year turnaround. But I'm like, I'm kind of thinking, like, where's the, where's the solid, you know, cheap veteran? Like, where's that linebacker? Where's that edge rusher? The Von Bell of linebackers, the shy Tuttle of edge rushers. Like, where, where's that guy at? I, I don't know. It's getting to that point to where I'm like, all right, I guess we just kind of go run it back to where we see we got to see. But yeah, I just, I feel like this defense is going to be, um, they can be surprisingly not not as good as, as we hope. But let me know what y'all think, man. It's Corey Paul. Thank you, Connor. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Corey, for the call. Great call ends right on time as we continue to talk about how this team is going to look, what the holes that are going to need to be filled and are the Panthers can done in this offseason. I don't think they're done, and I think that he brought this up as a cheap veteran is that, like, we're waiting. If you're going to pay these 31, 32, 33, 34-year-old guys, let's wait and let's get them, like, and just say this. You want $4 million? You want a job or not? Um, But I do come back to just because we're not doing it now, I almost feel like maybe we're paper GMing it too much by needing this signing. Right. Because... If you add this veteran player right now, what does it really do for this team? It first pencils them in ahead of these other players at a time where you don't need the veteran to really be in not. I mean, you want them if they're going to be on the team to be in training camp and, you know, like learning and shit, but they're not going to be the ones benefiting from OTAs and these moments of, this is the time to try to cultivate more and more of those younger players. And then if you get to the point in training camp where you start to feel like, just don't feel comfortable here. Now we'll start thinking. So I, I mean, like what would it do to, how about this is like, if you get three weeks into training camp and you go and sign a veteran defensive end, what does that do to the psyche of Marquise Haynes? Or maybe the, you know, kind of their emotions. And I know that you're not trying to just placate people, but imagine if you did it today and they're already like, oh, shit, they don't think I'm going to be good or can do it. And my last point, CK, is I think he's right, is that the defense isn't going to, like, there could be moments where this defense isn't great. But this defense has been largely overrated for the last few years. Yeah. 
And I have been one of those people that's been saying, like, they're not as good as they say they are. If Matt Rule came out and be like, they're the number two defense, they're number two. Bullshit. I watched that team. They were not a number two defense. The thing about that defense were was is they were the best fucking part of a of the team. Yeah. And now I think this is that if he is right, if Corey's right, CK, I think now it's time for the offense to be the best part of the team. And yes, the defense could have that average or moments where they let you down. But now it's time for us and our number one draft pick and our fucking investment in these whatever other skill players. It's time for us to score more than we we can't just say, hey, if what was the stat they had about like uh, we were whatever and whatever if they scored more than 17 points on us? Like we can't be that team anymore. I think that's everybody's stat, not just ours. I think you're like uh you have less likely chance to win if you let seven points. So, yeah. like, we need our offense to be respectable. We can't have this defense is like is like I think it would be unfair to say they need to be a top ten defense. Well, not even just that. I mean, the fact is the seventeen points isn't a lot, right? And the fact that our offense couldn't score seventeen points in a game. Right. If our defense let another offense score 17 we points, 24, we thought we were a fucking bonanza, right? Like yeah. that's, that is just absolutely, um, that that's just an, a, an abysmal performance by an offense. Right. So right now, by all accounts, our offense should be better. Um, at least that's the, the hope. Um, and, and that should take some pressure off of the defense. Now think about this. If you're the defense and your offense can't get anything done and you're constantly on the field, Sure, you're gonna get tired at the end of the game. I think there's some things that can make it Isn't impact. That the excuse we've made for this defense as they've tired out throughout the yes, but there's been no answer, them, right? right. They, yeah, they, I mean, it's like they've done, they've exceeded expectations. It's time for our mm-hmm. offense to exceed expectations. Yeah, agreed. He brought up uh, CJ Henderson, and mm. I gotta say, this is I think we need this girl in our secondary. Yep. I tried to pull up her shot. She said, hell no. She said, nope, 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 nope. Not only is she gorgeous, she can box out. Hell she yeah. Box out. Good for you. Not you know what CJ CJ Henderson would have fell asleep there. Yeah, fell asleep. Uh, I don't know why. Where's the four vert? Nope, that's not it. Cody, where are you? Bryce is the guy, and there's so much evidence oh, back up. Down arrow there. There we go. Here, this is what I was hoping for. I, think I took the. All right. Um, it's time for our defense to fuck it. You know what? I don't want our defense to be bad, but if our defense to me, this is my my point on the defense. If our defense is top 20, right, is like it's time for us, but we needed our defense to be top 15 in the past, top 10. It's time for our offense, like for us to have average or better than average on both sides of the ball. It's time for us to not say we got to hold you to under 20 to have a chance to win. Uh, the number is 252-228-5098. Nobody has called in with what they thought that Steve Smith was saying. That really makes me sad. Here is my son. Yo, it's White Chocolate Espresso. What's happening? 
Listen, I'm talking about Clowney. I'm defending my man, my boy. Yo, in 2016, that man was six in tackles for loss overall. In 2017, second overall for tackles for loss. 2018, seventh for tackles for loss. So that tells me he knows how to get in the backfield. He's always been a run stuffer. He's, he got the whole hype in college because of the hit he had. But remember, it wasn't a sack. That big hit he had on Michigan, it was a run. He hit the, run, he hit the running back. Clowney's always been a run stuffing defensive end. That's where he made his money in South Carolina. So, and he's also played also linebacker for like two years, which why I think he should come here because he's we're going three four. He could play outside linebacker if we need him, or he could play defensive end. I want the dude. I think he can be got for about the most eight mil, which even then I don't think we have to pay that because he went for ten mil last year. I'm telling you, he will do what we need to do. He will do the dirty work. And to me, he went to a situation last year where he didn't want to be in. I think he would like to be in that situation. But that's my thoughts on Clowney. You know, he's my, you know, he's the one that I am most interested in out of that bunch. Sure. Because I think you just know what you're getting. You know, you're getting a player that you believe is a strong plug, but not a solution for a long term. Uh, Jeff says in the chat, he says, correction, 2016, he was first. 2017, he was second. 2018, he was 11th. He's 65th all time and 18th among active players for tackles for loss. He's a disruptor. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I mean, I think like is that if you're talking old guys anyway, right? Is like, why don't you just pay the guy that you know? Like, it's like going and getting a, a Honda, a car. It's like you know, it's got mileage on it, but you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting there. I'm I'm all right with it. Did you see? So we got some starred comments. Thank you, Greg. Did you guys mention the Shaq Thompson one? Uh, no, we didn't. I started that a long time ago, um, and I, I wanted to bring that up. Whenever, that was the other point. I knew there was two points I wanted to bring up with Shaq Thompson, and that was the other point. It just reminds me of it. And it's, I don't know if this is real, but Booker it brought is. up that No, it's exactly real, and I know real. the reason why. Wow. Shaq Thompson played a few uh, games in minor league baseball, played uh, 39 at-bats, zero hits, 37 strikeouts. I was never good at batting in baseball, but... No, wow. like, I mean, as a in a sport where if you hit... 250 you're like awesome right right so like one out of five basically you're very good at that sport the reason Shaq Thompson even said this it's awesome he said this I can't hit a curveball like so that was just like he had a devastating thing he's like a good but it was just like man they just found out I can't hit the curve and they get me in two strikes and they're throwing the curve I'm striking out it's the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball Really? It really is. Yeah, oh, like, 100%. Uh, golf? No. No, golf's not as – like, it's, it's the hardest Maybe thing the to be able to – sport of golf is the yeah. – no, you're right, probably. Yeah. I think – because think about it. You've got to, in some cases, judge something coming at you from, what, 60 feet away at 95 miles an hour. I hope it's 90 and, feet and determine, away. No, it's 90 feet away to the base. So and it's coming at 95. 95 miles an hour. You don't know where it's coming, and you've got a time – 
where to put your bat. That's the hardest thing to do in sports to hit a baseball. Like just single thing to do. It's got to be most difficult position quarterback. Most I can say that yeah. hardest thing to do is hit a baseball and most difficult sport to be great at golf. I don't know. Tough yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Let's go to the next call as CK reflects on the golf comment. And boy, you better talk about this live live. A PGA merger, dude. Uh, oh, wow. We haven't came, heard huh? this, but tell me if we've heard it. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is uh, Coach Kurt. Um, it's been a while since I called in, but I've been uh, tuning in on the Friday free Uh I just want to give you guys a little um, story that happened. Uh, well, situation that happened not too long ago. So I was in Chile with my wife and kid, and I looked over to the screen. Right, and there was like the, the sports center and the sports analysts were talking about um, the season the Buccaneers were going to have. And it was like a seven-win season, and they were going through their schedule, and they predicted them to beat the Carolina Panthers both times this season. I walked up <laughs> to the manager, and I was like, "Turn that shit off." I was like. That is the most delusional shit I've ever seen. Mind you, I'm not even in North Carolina anymore. I'm moved back to Virginia because I'm about to go into the military, do my training and shit. But um, he goes, oh, you must be a Panther fan. I'm like, no shit. I'm rocking my Panthers fucking hat and everything. And he's like, he's like, man, you guys are garbage. And I was like, you know what? Now, I got up. We got out of the seat, and I wasn't that pressed. But then they were talking mad shit. And I was like, bitch, you have our sloppy seconds. 90% of your team is our sloppy seconds. And we got the fuck out of Chili's. Anyway, fucking winning they that fucking Red Robin. But, yeah, like these guys, these sports analysts, I mean, they get paid to fucking vomit bullshit. And then turn around and the past couple of weeks are leaked of trafficking fucking Baker Mayfield, throwing absolute ducks, overthrowing the receivers with no pressure, with no DBs on the receivers, and they're supposed to beat us twice this year. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of the Panthers slander. All right, uh, I'm about to get heated just talking about it. All right, see you yeah. Catch y'all later. Yeah, it's... Uh... <clears throat> That's where I mean, it becomes real. It's not about not talk. It's about who you are also just AKA giving credit to by accident. Yeah, no, that's well, the part of it, I think that uh, like the, the disrespect, I mean, that part of it is too, like media is not only the ones giving disrespect. It's like, we have to live day-to-day lives and people like, you know, constantly are talking about everybody. Like he's, he said he's in Virginia and that, that person was like, you guys are garbage. Right. But there's a good chance that, they're probably commanders fans if they're living in Virginia. And if that's the case, like in what world do you feel like you have any position to stand on saying that we're garbage? Like you have no quarterback whatsoever. And like, I have like, not had, that's the one team I don't get any. And I have some, right. I call them Redskins still, but I have some friends that are lifelong fans of that team. And they have never taught shit to me. Like they're actually, they're like, they recognize, they're smart enough to know 
that while they don't have to suck the Panthers D, they know their shit is defect deficient. Is there a team that's getting more antiquated in their legacy than the commanders? Like if you guys are talking shit about the fucking Cowboys right. over puffing their legacy, the Redskins or commanders haven't been good since they won a Super Bowl in like 80 what? Five, like, I mean, it was a long time ago. The first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. They weren't even, they didn't even have another good run until Gibbs came around. Early 90s. Yeah, they had a pretty good run then. Um, maybe. No, I mean, Gibbs was in the 2000s. Like, I mean, I wonder, is there a team that had a good history? The Bears, maybe. Maybe the Bears are in there. Is like had a good history at some point, but now that good history is so far in the fucking rear view. Like it's untenable to hold on to. The number's 252-228-5098. Didn't get one call about the Steve Smith thing. Very disappointed. We may have to meme contest yeah, that. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what like do you it. meme? Yeah, we can just do hey, a meme. I just wanted to uh, give another call about the fact that Leonard Floyd is currently, as of yesterday, off the market and has gone to the Buffalo Bills, which is fucking fantastic. That's what all of the NFL is. And I feel like, you know, Clowney and that coach at the end, uh, I forgot his name. Yannick and Wackway. Like but, um, and D-Hop, like these guys are going to start going because as soon as someone like Leonard Floyd gets a contract, then everybody else is going to feed after those other edges that are available. And we already know it's a betting war for fucking D-Hop. So I feel like just with the cap that we have, that we, we just got to go in and make offers. Like, Clowney, I don't think should be super expensive because I feel like at this point it's just a name. Like, he he can bring experience and stuff like that and could be a good compliment to Brian Burns on the opposite side. But I don't think it should be that expensive. He's getting a little older up in age at the edge position. <clears throat> or we need to fucking make a – it's going to suck, but I think we got to make a big-time offer for, obviously, D-Hop. But if none of these work, if we don't get a solid offer and sign at least D-Hop or one of these – one of the two edges that are available, then we got to – we just got to put that bag on fucking Brian Burns' shoulder. And that lets that man walk away happy as shit. Coming into the season, a lot more confident with a contract because we've seen in the past what players do when they don't get a nice bag when they deserve it. But yeah, just my thoughts and opinions. Let me know what y'all think. All right, y'all. Bye. Well, that I think that brings up a good question. We have the second most cap space in the NFL right now, as of this moment for the remainder of this league year. Um, What do you want to see happen is number one. And like he said, number two, if that doesn't happen, do you feel comfortable saying, all right, what we can do for Brian Burns is give him a massive signing bonus. So he gets the money that he's looking for up front, front load that cost in this year's uh, cap situation. If you can't get any of these big time free agents, then that way you can make it a lot easier for next year when you have to worry about 
uh, Derek Brown or, uh, you know, any of these other guys out there that you might be wanting to resign. Yeah, I, I like the idea. I mean, that, that's, that's a good idea right there, but it really just all boils down to the question of, or do you want to give Brian Burns the money? Yes, you have yeah, to. You know? First, we don't have a choice. We have zero well, choice. We're it's going like, to sit here arguing about us needing to sign a 34-year-old DM desperately. Right. The hell you got Brian, the guy right here. We have to have Brian Burns mm. on this But I think, CK, I'm starting to go to the position this is that Maybe we are getting our hopes up too much as fans about what the season should be or could be. Right. And let's hope that the season's better than it than expectations. But let's not forget that like if we don't win this year, we're like that's like this year ain't the only year. And I right. just looked up how much of the salary cap you can roll over. And you can roll over as much as you can. Right. There's not a limit on it. So I'm at, well, I mean, I'm starting to wonder this is that unless you get somebody at a, a, like us, like we probably could benefit from having, we could benefit from having a player that we know has played in the league and been successful. Sure. At the same time is that paying too much for that house right now, it's like buying a house in this market you're overpaying for it and you know shit's going to potentially come down. And then like, what are you really going to get out of it? Are you going to get a year where you, the best theor theoretically as you make the playoffs and you're like, Oh shit, everybody surprised us. Or are you really trying to have a good year this year and then really have great seasons two and three years down the road. So I think I'm starting to lean to the point of this is like, Dis not discount. Yeah, discount. I don't want to pay nothing for no 34-year-old defensive end. Fuck that. Well, right. I, I can agree with you on that, but what, what do you mean when you say you can roll over as much as you want? Because so that's you have a cap of like say 212 million or whatever the number okay. is. And if we spend 187, whatever the difference that we don't spend, okay. 37 it's added to our budget next year. Not true. It says this. No, no. Well, well it, it, it means this. it says it's thirty-seven. It no, well, hold on. It's thirty-seven million that you're going to have available for next year. You're right, but the way you're wording it is incorrect because the way you're wording it means that, like, if next year the salary caps two hundred twelve again, that we get to add thirty-seven million to that two twelve, which is not true. That just means that thirty-seven million is available for us within that salary cap of two hundred twelve next year. Which basically just means if you don't really? spend it next this yeah well, what it just does means that even mean like no it, like, it means you if you don't spend it this year you have it next year to spend is all that means well we have a billionaire owner we always have the money no <clears> not with salary cap it, says, salary it cap. says all right this is what I googled here let's read oh I'll read this hold on actually it says this so what happens to and we'll figure this out is what happens to unused salary cap NFL teams are allowed to roll over any unused cap space from one season to the next clubs must must tell the league that they plan to roll over the cap space by 4 p.m on the day after their regular season finale while the NFL has a salary cap it also has a salary floor so teams cannot hold on to money in perpetuity teams must spend at right. least 89% of their cap over a four-year period while the NFL as a whole must spend 95%. That sounds to me like you do get an extra 13. Like you actually want to come in 
No, if you get five cap. million from last year, you get instead of two twelve, you got two seventeen. No, you, you every every year. Why, you, why, where did you hear differently? Because that's the way it's always worked. Every year you have, let's say, the salary cap's two hundred twelve million dollars. Like you said, and we spent. That means that next year coming in, we have that thirty seven million that we spent the other bit that's going into rolling the next year. The the price for that, okay. So you I take, don't understand what rolls then if you only get two twelve. What the fuck rolls? The the stuff you didn't use, but it rolls back into the salary cap that you're still under. It's a it's a it's what I'm saying. It's a tricky way of word. It's a tricky way of wording it. All it's saying is if you don't use it, you get to use it next year. It's like saying if I keep this thirty seven dollars in my wallet next year, I get to keep this thirty seven dollars, but I have a maximum of budget of a hundred and forty dollars. And you said this is I spent a hundred dollars this year. Mm -hmm. I want to roll my one forty into next year. And you say, well, you have a 140 budget. That's not rolling, especially if you had an income of like you could have covered the 140 anyway. You're going to spend 140. I agree. That doesn't that's, make that's sense. Saying. It's, it's worded, it's worded okay. incorrectly. What like, do you think? Go Google can hmm. Google can you have more money than the salary cap? That'll answer the question you right Google there. It. I just okay. read the dang rule. Okay. Well, actually, it was from Pro Football Talk, but Pro Football Network. Let's see. Salary cap rollover. If you can NFL teams go over the salary cap. Exceeding the calorie salary cap is not an option for NFL teams. So the New Year begins, they must be under the cap. So I guess the question is, because I know there is there is the potential for the rollover. I don't know the specific rules. Does it make rollover. sense if it if you only have a budget of a hundred dollars mm -hmm. and I spend eighty dollars this year mm -hmm. and the budget is a hundred dollars next year and you say I get to roll over the extra money, but I got a hundred dollars anyway next year, I just have the same fucking budget. I just should have just spent the twenty dollars. What you're saying makes sense, but it's just I just know it's not the way it is. Like the, you can't roll over money and go over the salary cap. Um, I th I think that that the the rule they had in there where you have to spend eighty nine percent of your cap anyway is probably what prevents that people from doing that from just sucking for a few years and not paying anybody and then having a year where you have like a two hundred twelve thousand million dollar salary cap to blow. Um, but I, I just know that you can't go over the salary cap. Like so, I think that I understand what you're saying because I I agree with you. But I think that that was just worded wrong. I think the rollover is what's getting us here. And I, don't I want think you to find the exact wording of the rollover because I just don't understand that. CK, you are in money. Do you understand what I'm saying, CK? Is like, if my budget doesn't roll, then the word rollover shouldn't be used. Right. I think that's where we agree. But 11% yeah. of $212 million is a significant amount of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying so I, I like it, yeah. if you could roll over five percent of right. two hundred million. What is that? So that would be ten million dollars. That's a fucking J Jadavion Clowney next year, or something. Yeah, interesting. All right. I personally okay. feel like the benefit I mean, of, I of front loading Brian Burns' contract and then having a manageable salary after that is. 
Agreed. worth it for everybody Agreed. more so than trying to roll over. Well, no, no. I mean, like, uh, well, yeah, is that maybe I guess you wouldn't roll over. It would be like, could we do that and roll over? I guess I'm saying is this is the question of to. is yeah. us getting a one year rental for $10 million. Is it going to really change our team's trajectory as much as that $10, $10 million could help next year? That's all I'm asking. And that is if it goes to Brian, if you're talking about allocating it to Brian Burns or something, that's different than what I'm talking about. But Right. Well, I'm just saying, like, right now, we have the second most cap space, number one. We do. We do. Um, that, that means a couple of things. We have the opportunity to trade for people in the middle of the season. We have the opportunity to get people's long-term deals done. Uh, you know, early in the off season or late in the off season, or uh, maybe even in the middle of the season. But I think uh, the the hope is uh, from all fans is that we're going to be signing some free agents to make this defense or even our offense look better. Right. I think right now <laughs> the main two things people are uh, clamoring for are the hop or uh, uh, an edge guy opposite Burns. Right. So if none of those are options, what do we do? Do we sit on the second most cap space for the rest of this year? I mean, that's right, that's money. Right. It might be able to roll over again, with, depending upon the circumstances. And when we say there. second most cap space, does that actually mean a ton of money? And now I'm starting to think of the reverse position that I was advocating for is like it is us saving ultimately $3 million this year and having $3 million next year. Is that really a savings that is worth not getting a player who could really contribute this year. That's the question. Like, you know, right? it's like we have 6 million. We could have spent nine, but we fucking saved the three and we spent six. It's See, almost like you should just pay what you want rather than it's right. almost like when I go to a restaurant and I want to order the fucking seafood and I'm like, Oh, well the chicken's $2 less. But I yeah. guess where's where's the you know yeah. the, you got to play the long game too, and that's where I think the tough part is is like there's going to be a team that halfway through the season they're going to be on a fire sale, right? Right before the trade deadline, they're going to do what we did with Christian McCaffrey, and they might have yeah. a salary that many teams can't afford, but having the second most cap space available might allow you to actually make a trade like that, that, right? Um, and, and I'm, again, these are just hypothetical situations. So do you want to go and spend that money in the off season or do you really want to have the potential, like you said, to roll over or sit on that money again? I don't know. I genuinely don't know the right answer to this. Right? I, I, just, I think I do. And I think the right answer right now is that if we don't do it in the next week or two, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, is that, that just would make us feel better today but is us signing Justin Houston or whoever the fuck, whatever name you want to pick, who is this or that? If we sign them in a month, is that really a different, you know what I mean? Like, is like the longer we wait, probably ideally we get the better financial deal. So like, just because we're not doing it right now, doesn't mean that right. it's financially unwise. All right. Here's the last call of the night. It's podcast. It's JJ back with another call. And uh, I wanted to call for this week because I had a question on the Friday free for that a lot of people like, said it was a pretty good question. They liked it. It was about Bryce Young and expectations. And I asked, I said, how fair is it to really ask 
uh, of Bryce Young to be a better, the best player on the team this coming season for his rookie year. Um, is it fair to ask for him to be a better quarterback than Brian Burns is a pass rusher or J.C. Horn is a cornerback, etc.? You get the deal. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was Brian Burns' contract and how everyone's so worried about him getting Miles Garrett money when him and Max Crosby basically put up the same amount of numbers or production over the past couple of years. And Max Crosby gets paid like a million and a half less per season. So uh, it's relatively going to be the same market for Brian Burns throughout the entire time. Uh, that's really it. Uh, uh, keep pounding. Let me know how y'all feel about that. Uh, have a great week. Keep pounding, Santa fan. Uh, right on time, actually. Great uh, call. Great timing. Thank you, JJ. Hey, um, really, uh, just become a family member in the C3 family right away. He's our, he's a little baby brother. He's our baby mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. Um, the Friday free for all guys is a slugfest. You got to yeah. be, you got to have a thick skin in there. And sometimes I'm not ready for it. But uh, <laughs> he brought up this is, I don't know if there are, uh, this is a hard question for me about Bryce Young, guys. Yeah. Is, I don't need him to be the best player on our team for from day one, but he needs to be the best player on our team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's like if it's if it doesn't happen on week one, and it's not that means it's not going to happen. But he's the number one overall pick. He's a quarterback. It's the most important position. If he is the best player on the team, he's going to get a bazillion dollars in five years. Mm-hmm. I need him to be that. I need him to be what all the people who love him and said, and all the people now who are like picking the sexy person need him to just be that. I need him Mm -hmm. to be the stock that we bought that everybody told us we should buy sound Mm -hmm. company. And then five years later, this company's fucking thriving, but I am placing very high expectations on him Mm -hmm. early guys. And I don't want to say it's unfair though, because that's what we drafted him for. If we wanted to draft a player who we said their upside was down the road, we would have drafted Anthony Richardson. Yeah. But we drafted the guy who's supposedly the best now and going to give you the best crazy intangible thing. I, whether it's fair or not, have the highest of expectations for Bryce Young. And I wrote a story for Carolina Cat Chronicles about this is I think my expectations are higher for Bryce Young than they were for Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there. No, no, I, I'd have to think about that one for a minute and I don't, but I'm right there with you on the, uh, yes, I expected hundred percent him to be the best player on this team because that was what I was sold. And that's, well, what, that's, I wanted, what, that's what I wanted for. to be. That's what we paid for. It's not think even about just it. what we, we were sold. We, is. That's what we paid for. We, we paid, got rid of one of our best players. Like, 
definitely one of the best players and on our team. And future draft picks. And draft picks to get this guy. We moved up. This is the guy. He knew what he was coming in for. This is what we got him for. So If he's Kirk Cousins, he's a bust. Yeah, I agree. I hate to say it like that, and I really do. I, I hate to put the pressure on him. I know I hate the guy, but... Who man. was the other, I guess... Uh, Actually, it was Chicago that drafted. What did they draft? What that dude second or first? Uh, he's now with the Steelers, or he was with the Steelers. He might not even be there anymore. Not Tannehill. Tannehill was the Dolphins. Bortles was Jacksonville. Who was the guy that the Bears drafted real high? Um, I think he came from Carolina. Come on, you guys aren't helping me at Trubisky? all. Mm. <laughs> Trubisky, yes. Yeah. Right? It's like, I mean, think of this. It's like you can't just be. All right, was Alex Smith a bust at number one? Yes. Depends on who you ask. Was. Yes, he was. Yes. Because his career wasn't good till he went to Kansas, really. Right. And even there, he didn't. I mean, he was good. Goal, I mean, it's better yeah. than a. You have to be great. I have the highest of experts. I mean, I'm sorry, Bryce Young has got a slay, and he hasn't got a slay from moment one, but he's got a slay. Yeah, that's it. All right, uh, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We usually do the news, but the only thing in the news really, I think, worth talking about, unless you guys got something, uh, maybe is this is Dalvin Cook is going to potentially be a dolphin. And make a super wow. fucking team over wow. with the Dolphins. But at the same time, I think this is a smart move. And I don't even know if this guy, I don't know who this guy is. It says Dolphins starting offensive lineman. So I don't even know what fucking position he plays on the offensive line. Is holding out mandatory minicamp, seeking new contract. Smart time for an offensive lineman to big dick the team, right? Is like if you're going to go out and make a super team. Like, what if you said this is like, like, hey, I mean, you can't do it with that offensive line is like, do you want to really do this or you want to give me what I want? Um, I don't know. I don't think there's any. Is there any other NFL news that you guys need to talk about? I mean, no, that was in- all. Yeah, just all that uh, speculation stuff. But other than that, no. Uh, um, that was interesting. You said Dalvin Cook might go to uh, Miami because he played in Florida State, didn't he? Yeah, and I want to just peek. Oh, I guess the other thing uh, when it comes to the NFL, actually, this is news that needs to be mentioned because it might become a big, big story, or at least a bigger story down the road, is they're investigating now a cornerback from uh, the Indianapolis Colts for um, gambling. You had like three or four players with the lions who were like, and now the players are saying we didn't know the rules, which I saw somebody say this, that was the lion's fault. I don't believe that is like, we all know that you're not supposed to gamble. If you're a fucking player in the, yeah, just don't gamble. Now, is it fair for you to not be able to, can they not gamble on other sports? Now that's the question. Was it other sports? Was it different? They got in trouble for playing DraftKings or whatever. And they were making the, plays and might even been on the but they were in the team facility and that's against the rules like you can't gamble on in the locker room even something but But now starting to go that they might be gambling or at least this colts guy the investigation is starting to say that maybe it was on sports and 
I heard that reports are that there are more and more people that they have their eye on and wait until it hits a marquee player. And it's just a weird mo it's 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 contra it's kind of odd because the NFL also promotes gambling. Right. So I mean, watch that. Watch that story. Um, do you think, and I'll just end this, I'll just ask you your position on this, CK. Yeah. Should NFL players be able to gamble on other sports? Yes. Yeah. I don't even think it's that hard of a question. Like, yeah. I think that I, I don't think that there should be that much of a restriction. Like, even with Calvin Ridley, like, he wasn't playing. The idea of being able to gamble, like, it just seems kind of odd. Now... The part of it that is tough is if he's in like the 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 team facility and he's like betting against this team, then like he might know something or whatnot, and that might be a competitive disadvantage or it might like be insider training or something like that. But if I, I just can't imagine, I, I would like to see what this is because when I looked at Isaiah Rogers' like post about you know making a mistake and I want to be better. Like it, like it sounded like it's way worse than it than what we've heard so far. I think there is, Greg, a real concern about them betting on the NFL at mm -hmm. all, even if it's not their own team. Oh yeah, but I also think <clears throat> there is a concern, and it might be unfair because you're saying, "Hey, everybody else gets to gamble," mm -hmm. right? But the world isn't fair. But I do think this is a it's kind of like the gambling propaganda that it's very sanitary to gamble. Like, it's like, Oh, it's just like everybody bets. It's legal. Mm -hmm. It's like, fine. It's fine. And it is in a one-off situation. Gambling is 100. It's like uh, drinking a beer in a healthy situation. It is healthy, mm -hmm. but we know in so many of these cases that it is an unhealthy thing for people. And what I mean by that is like the the average beer drinker doesn't just drink one beer. The average gambler doesn't just place one bet. So it's not about the bet they place today. It's about the bet they place in a year and a half when they're down $40,000. When they're doubling or nothing. You know? Right. And they're on but baseball and now they're like, oh, shit, I got to do something. So it's just like that's the concern is and then the. The irony of this is that it also recognizes the unhealthiness of it in general as right. the NFL promotes it. Well, I mean, that's always going to be a concern, but I mean, what's the other option is just to completely ban it or to put yeah. so many restrictions. Yeah. That, that's the only yeah. other option, right? Just completely ban it. So, like so because it's, it's like you can't smoke weed if you're in the NFL. It doesn't matter if you're in a state that's legal or not. So that's basically saying that because some people can't handle it and some people can't do it, you should punish everybody and make it illegal for everybody. You protect like, the, but my job does. Sanity. And, yeah. and, and I, I understand, like, I understand NFL players not betting on NFL games. I think that if you're an NFL player, you should be able to bet on other sports. I have no problem with that. I wonder what is the, uh, what's the ruling on like the rest of the staff? And the teams, like the coaches, the doctors, the staff. Another great question that like, we don't think can, about. Are they allowed to bet on NFL games? Because that's an interesting question because I think no, they would have a lot of inside information just like a player would. I don't think it's um, even a question if you should be able to bet on the sport of football. I mean, My question is, should you just be able to be involved in gambling, period? 
Well, I think they should, but let's be fair too. These players are getting suspended for a year or season, which sucks. It's very bad, but look at Pete Rose. Okay. Yeah, well, but like, you, nobody you, players. Pete Rose too was the man. Oh, yeah. All right. He was well, just keep an eye on that story. Keep an eye on that yeah. story. Let's go to the final. I mean, we didn't have a lot of news. Thank well, on purpose. Let's see. Here. Fine. We're still at twelve thirty, right? Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I know. My fault, guys. No. Longest running segment on the longest running podcast. Ice up, son. Ice up. It's time for us to ice up someone. Tell them toughen up to get it together. Uh, the longest running segment on the longest running podcast on the longest running show because your host likes to talk. And that's what podcasts are built for. Yep. Um, go ahead, guys. I got to load you guys up with some great ones tonight. So, I mean, you if guys. you guys are ready, you don't got nothing. CK? I think I'm like CK. Man, I, I don't think I have anything either, man. Gosh, I feel like we should always ice you guys up. I'm just. Uh, I usually have one, but. For I not. just. I, I, when I'm. My biggest issue is like I'm constantly doing stuff. And so, like, when I do see something, I. I think about it and I'm like, oh, that's gonna be good. And then I just forget to save it or you got a bookmark. Yeah. You got a bookmark it and now you have a bookmark folder that you can do that I've been doing. Um, so I bookmark this. Here is my first ice up pick goes to this homeboy. Um I got one. I do have one. I don't mind a girl with some curves. But don't make her feel silly about it. This mug is just on this. It's just emptying this love. I'm going to call that a love man. And he is into this girl's soul. It's my first one. Ice up to that, dude. That poor yeah. girl just taking that. Like, just dealing with it. Um... My next ice up pick, this one, this one's right up my lane, guys. This is like my, my typical ice up pick. Uh, yep. Like uh, Cody always says, I have a affinity for people just getting fucking hurt on the internet. <laughs> uh, this shit is wild. Ice up to a, um, I hurt my back this past weekend. It sucks, but uh, like, not only, I mean, should you, I mean, everybody should, I would uh, take care of your health, but like, don't try to be super crazy and shit. Sometimes look at this guy, whatever this shit he's lifted. Oh gosh. That leg's broken. He's out. He's oh. Oh. Oh, oh. back. Good God. Yeah. Man. Uh, what a dummy. Um, is this an ice up pick, CK? I don't know if this one is or not. Like, who? I don't know who to ice up in this one. Yeah. Uh, it says this as I saw this tweet. Says, uh, he said, my income has become lower and lower over the years due to rising cost of living and family, but has become bigger and bigger. 
Musa Hashaya has is a 68 year old man from Uganda. He has 12 wives and fathered 102 kids. <laughs> well, of course, shit got more expensive, motherfucker. Like, I don't know who to ice up there. I don't know who to ice up. Should, there be a, should we congratulate him? Should that be uh, something more than that? And um, I had two more. Two more. I know it's crazy. CK's like, I fucking hate you. No, you're fine. I got one as well. Um, so this is Martin. Uh, no, this was Matthew Kachuk getting out of the, the Stanley Cup. He had two 10-minute majors or whatever, which is like getting two techs or whatever the rule is where you're going to get kicked out automatically. Uh, this is what they kicked him out for. And in a sport that I love, hockey, that they let these motherfuckers basically do everything half the time. In between Matthew Kachuk's goal and ejection, a route was thrown on the ice That's by this. one of the Panthers. So not that. Here, in the not here comes. It's him leaving. But the Vegas bench of what awaits them down in South Florida. He knocked the guy's stick out of the wow. hair. The Vegas bench of what awaits them down in South Florida Boom. for games three and four. They hit him there. Wow, yeah. So screw that. Uh, the NHL, and this is my favorite. This is the one. Oh, God. This is the one that uh, I had two that were right up my alley. The tweet said this is, how unlucky do you have to be to be this person? <laughs> oh, my God. So, to recap this for people who are listening right now, we're looking at a stop sign, an intersection where somebody's riding like a Vespa or a scooter. They get hit by a car. That sucks already, right? Right. So they get in an accident. They get hit by a car. But look, as they go flying, the person falls into the drain. That one <laughs> human-sized drain. Yeah. The one-foot space that it's already hard enough to get in. Like How? sinking a long putt. Look. <laughs> it's in the hole. It's like sinking a long putt right there. Yeah. That was crazy. Ice up to bad luck. That's what JC uh, said. Those are my ice up picks. You got one there, uh, there uh, Greg? I, I don't. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I got one. Um, so it, there's a town near me called Franklin County. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, it is a yeah, I don't know. I feel like most places that ever that are called Franklin County are gonna be super duper like country, right? <laughs> well, um, there's a sheriff in this here town that happened to go on a cruise with his family, and um, he had his daughter sitting on his lap, and there was a gentleman who noticed that. His hand was a little close to uh, a place on his daughter's uh, body that no dad or man should ever be that close to. And uh, and so he started videotaping it, showed it to the uh, the ship, uh, the the ship crew. They also had video of this. Um, the FBI was waiting for him in Miami when they returned. By the way, he's a sheriff. Um, they, they There's a lot of people like, supporting him and the dude like there's a lot the the reason this is so damaging and why this is a nice up is like after his daughter got up and went somewhere else he had to sit there with his hands on his lap if you catch him my dress like yeah like you could tell that like there was no other reason to you know put your hands where you you know basically where that was um and uh he sat there for a few minutes until 
uh it was all clear right um now i'm always a fan of uh giving due justice and letting you know him be innocent until proven guilty what i am not a fan of is an entire community of people rallying behind this man saying like he's such a good person there's no way that this like like there's so much evidence uh to the contrary that this guy is is predatory towards his own daughter and they've raised gofundme to, they they created a gofundme to be able to help him uh be able to survive they raised like ten thousand dollars gofundme finally caught on and they you know shut down the gofundme site but I just want to say that, you know, people like that. I mean, again, we don't know the extent of what has taken place, um, you know, behind closed doors. But, you know, from the the understanding, I mean, it was enough to have the FBI waiting for him um, at in Miami when they got back from their cruise uh, to take him into custody. So uh, to that gentleman and anybody who's just blindly following people because you know them as part of the community, um, ice up. I hope the people that donated to his GoFundMe used a VPN because I'm saying check their hard drives, bitches. Like, right. And how the heck does a parent have enough? I mean, I don't even know if that's the right word, enough self-control to handle that in the most sophisticated way rather than like murdering them. No, this was the dad. Right. And oh, his the daughter dad doing it. Yeah. The dad oh, who had his daughter dad, on his lap. Uh-huh. The- right. Um, but he part. like the thing is, like he's claiming like he's claiming that it's um that it's uh that it was all like there was nothing wrong with it. But in the same interview, he said, I probably would have punched another guy in the face if I saw them doing that to my daughter. And I'm like no, no tolerance for family weird shit. No. It's the weirdest no. thing to me. Not yeah. weird at the worst, you know what I'm saying? But nope. Bad. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Ice up to yeah, nothing. At, um ice up to Greg. Uh yep. Cody's yeah. at the ballet checking out uh David Dotto. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Actually, we're gonna make it the David Dotto, aka Dab on him, aka Cody Lashney award. I'm sure he's gonna hear. Um, yeah. Uh, it's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles.com every Tuesday night. Chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. Got a new microphone. Tell me if you like the sound of it, if it's, you can tell a difference or same. And uh, follow me on cat underscore chronicles, carolinacatchronicles.com. You can find CK at codizzle underscore Allen. And uh, Greg, you didn't do the podcast this past Friday, did you? I didn't. No, uh, we were got busy. So all of us, we're coming back. Yeah, it's for fun. Um trying to think of movies to watch real quick is uh there's actually a lot of good shit out right now i watched the missing Either. shit that you look uh with the girl that found her mom the mom that got uh taken in bolivia or whatever by her mm-hmm. boyfriend saw that shit that was that was good the other one that's really fun is ghosted another one that's very fun is um search i think it's called a lot of cool stuff. And there's a yeah. fortune one with Jason Statham. It's real fun about them, like being MI6 people or whatever. So um, that's it. Yep. Um, let's get out of here. Miss Cody. Until <laughs> next week. Keep pounding.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.